0: of lumen industries radio this is a severance review podcast on the Magnum talks podcast network i am your host Lee. i'm here on journal echo Spencer spencer how are you
1: i'm ready to give you a victory lap i am ready to applaud you you have recommended some great shows to me before shows i would not have watched otherwise shows that I, anyways i resisted in terms of exploring because they seem different or weird or outside my comfort zone and every time I've soldiered through, still I resist you with the next recommendation. One good show after the next. But this one, man, this one out of the park. Not only was it not only was it getting better or better episode by episode, not only was it a wonderfully unlocking mystery over time, it found a way to stuck the land stick the landing in a way that yeah. was compelling, believable. I'd be on the edge of my seat and leaves me utterly baffled where they're gonna go with this for next season.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you had that reaction. I, I felt like it was undeniably good. And, I you know, you can rarely say that about a show, right? Because a lot of times it's like so much it boils down to preference, what type of storytelling you like. But this one's sort of undeniably good. I'm glad you liked it. Um, I knew I was probably in a good spot when your parents watched it and liked it. Because mm-hmm. there's usually some overlap there. Uh, but I'm glad. I'm glad. But you know what? I, I feel like, you know, what I feel like I feel like a. I feel like maybe like a fourth or fifth year, like youngling in the Jedi Temple. It's like <laughs> I've got now that now that Spencer is listening to my re, my recommendations again. I have to be careful with this newfound power. I can't what? can't waste it.
1: What you know, you know from prior experience that this has a half life of like two weeks. I'm going to still resist you on the next recommendation because that's just how I go.
0: All right. Well, I it, well that leads us perfectly it leads us to the show we're going to do next because this is we are recording. Right now, a review of the finale of season one of Severance. Season two was in the middle of production and the writer strike and the actor strike happened Indeed. and they have shut down production. So it's going to be a little while before we get season two of Severance. So people have been asking, you and I have been kicking around the idea. What are we going to review next on the Macro Talks Podcast Network? What are Spencer and Lee going to gab about next? We have an answer. I've got an answer to that. Spencer and I have agreed upon a show. I put in the permission slip. He went across the principal's desk. He signed it. He moved it. I've got Spencer's sign on. This is another show he hasn't seen. So you're going to get the exact same and it's one I've seen. So you're going to get the exact same dynamic you got on this podcast for this season. You will get on the next one. The next podcast we will be doing to review a television show is Silo. And that will be coming here in just a couple of weeks. Silo is on Apple Plus as well, right? So if you followed us from Ted Lasso to this You don't have to go like purchase a new monthly subscription, right? Just keep the same subscription you have to Apple Plus and keep watching and start watching Silo. Silo is a sci-fi show that is based on a series of books. It's about a underground society, a society of people that live underground in a post-apocalyptic world and events unfold. Drama, drama, intrigue, intrigue. I can tell you, I've seen the first season and it's dope. It's really good. I, if I was a 10 confident that Spencer would like this season of Severance, if I was 10 confident confident that he would like Severance, I'm 9 confident that he would like Silo. That's it's it's not quite Severance, but it is as close as I'm going to get in another show right now. That's
1: it's um, still a powerful endorsement when it comes to how fickle I am and prior, your prior history you've had recommending me shows, but you know, I admire your confidence, sir.
0: Yeah, I, it's one of those that's so good I don't I don't I don't feel the need to like sell you on it or anything. Just like just start watching it. I think that we'll have a good time batting around the rules of the world and like any other sci-fi or fantasy show, we'll be able to delve into exactly what we're what we're dealing with, what what type of parameters exist in the world. So that is coming soon. You do not have to worry about what podcast feed that will be on because we will cross list episode one on this podcast feed. So just stay subscribed to Lumen Industries Radio. Keep keep your um, uh, keep that in your podcast app. Keep the automatic downloads on, and we will cross list our first episode of the review of Silo on this podcast feed in mm-hmm. probably about maybe a two-week period, something like that. We usually give ourselves about a week off and then we jump back in. We'll be back with Silo. I look forward to it. But Spencer, that that's up ahead of us. That's an open road. Right? Future issue. Right now, right now, in the car, around our person, we have the finale of season one of Severance to discuss. Spencer, what did you think of the finale of Severance?
1: I thought it was. It was good to the point it almost makes me worried for whether the next season can run with this. Because one of the defaults in television is status quo is God. That as much as events may seem like they're going to be massively changing, shows always default to very small changes, very small adjustments. Even in season finales or whatever else, even if it looks like it's going to momentously alter the very fabric of the universe of the show, they find a way to avoid that at the last second. This show pulled no punches. Big things happened. Big things that seem like they will inevitably and forever alter how this show works. And that is surprising. That was excellently well played. There were powerfully well done performances. It was gripping. I was consistently having to guess and be so much enwrapped in it. I couldn't see two steps ahead of me about where the show would go. It just, I hope they commit to it. With how much they've changed things, with how much they've altered the world, how much our characters have gone in directions... I hope season two is confident of itself that it can just start off with a world that is going to be fundamentally altered by the seismic events of this last episode of the season.
0: Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't blame you in looking at the finale through the lens of what's coming that, that makes sense. Um, but it sounds like you liked the finale. Oh, God, it sounds like the yes. finale itself was really good. I agree with you. I mean, I, I, part of me felt like, should they just end it? Should they just wrap it up here like a Black Mirror episode and not ever tell the rest of the story? Be, be a hell of a great um, one-off season. Yeah, but I can Here's my prediction for season 2. Is that whatever the fuck they do, I will like it. And there's you will like it if it is clear early on That it is part of a tight, compact story that is continuing to move forward. You know me so well. In the first episode, if it starts in episode one, two, three, just stalling and you know, just just hit the brakes and like the car's stalling out, and they're not doing the same thing they did this season, right? Which was like real serious progress in each episode toward where they're going with the story. Mm -hmm. Then, then you'll know that maybe they're stalling for time, and they're just going to run a couple seasons of this thing. I'd like that anyway because I I like the world, but I do kind of hope that they continue the same level of storytelling that they've done, which is we've got an end point and we're going to get there and we're not going to waste a lot of time doing it. Even this episode was what, 43 minutes, something like that. It It was not long.
1: That was so delightful. There was not, there was not a wasted moment. Everything, even when characters were waffling, it was, it was important. It mattered. It showed a different perspective on how they're dealing with their course of events. It, the, cl- the clarity of the craft, the clarity of the intent that has always been apparent in this show is just so admirable. It's just so obvious that it, it it makes me want more of that. It makes me want them to, ke- to keep to what is a clear, well-structured process by which they have built this show. And I, I hope that they had plans in advance for where they go from here.
0: All right, so before we get in our segments, before we rock through this episode, Spencer, I'm sending you the ballot right now. It's in the virtual mail. Doot, 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 boom, it's arrived in your inbox. You are now a Golden Globes voter. You have on your ballot, season one <laughs> of House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. You have Severance. On your ballot, season one of Severance. Who are you voting for? I mean, this is just the better written show. I
1: mean, yes. I, I, I enjoy yes. House of the Dragon very much. It is a very good show. It fixed a lot of the issues that we had with some of the later seasons of Game of Thrones, it had flaws. It was not perfect. It also neither is this show, but this show just demonstrates a lot more of the hallmarks of the things that I'm going to rate higher. So, as much as I like House of the Dragon, when it comes to a a, you know a horse race between the two, I think this one got to win.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I are on on board there. So I I bring that up because famously, when the Golden Globes (laughs) announced that that House of the Dragon won. I I asked Spencer what he thought about it. I really sandbagged him. He was like, that's pretty good. And I was like, yeah, well, it tells me that the golden globes are not very serious people. Like I (laughs) I was like, they're not, it's not even a thing we should pay attention to. Angry. Like, Yes. Well, yeah, I think I made the case that like, it's, that, is, that is evidence that it's an award show we shouldn't pay attention to anymore. If it's going to award House of the Dragon a better season than season one of Severance. And I stand by that because okay. I think it's as much as I enjoy that show, I hang the banners when, when anything Game of Thrones related comes on. We get together. We have a great time. We're part of the community. We enjoy that. This is a better show.
1: And to the, to the point that when this show comes back... I would propose we do another watch party, just dedicated to the first episode of this show to see what it is.
0: Oh, yeah, I I think that maybe we can do that for sure. That would be a lot of fun. All right, so let's get into our review here of Severance Episode 9, the finale. The we, we are, we will go through our segments. We'll start with the recap. I'll lead the recap, knock through exactly what happened this episode. I think they covered about 10 minutes of, of. In World Time. Yeah. I think it was it was a pretty short amount of In World Time that was actually covered. And then we will jump to our segments. I will award Best Line of the Episode, Spencer, every week, game Lisa Plasmy nominees for Best Line of the Episode. We'll award Lumen Employee of the Week. And I got a little twist on that segment for you that, that I haven't told Spencer about. Ooh. I'm excited to, to debut that. And then we will jump to America's Favorite Segment, however, change this week. Because guess what? Spencer's caught up. We're at the same spot now. Mm-hmm. So it make, Spencer's questions makes no sense. Now it's just, we got questions. That's what the segment's called. <laughs> we, we got, got questions. questions. And we're going to continue that going into season two of Coverage of Severance. We'll just have a we'll just have a, a section called We Got Questions where Spencer and I bounce around some questions about what's happening and what's going to happen going forward in the show. Spencer, are you ready for the recap? Damn straight, man. Woo, let's do this. Severance Episode 9. The we, we are the previously on, long previously on this week, which you can expect in a finale, right? Because they're, they're giving you the, 100%. the culmination of everything leading up to this event. It starts with Helly getting them over the hump for their quarter numbers. Then we get a bit of a summary of their plan. Mark with Miss Casey. Cobble saying, take her back down to the testing floor at a shot of Miss Casey walking through the hallway crying yikes ask if it's truly you that must change or the system this is our guy rickon uh the the nobel peace prize awardee rickon uh <laughs> who, wrote, who wrote the nouveau communist manifesto the birthing cottages lady we got hurt with the senator husband bert leaving and his audi quote you're all just going to let him die. One of my favorite lines from Irving mm-hmm. all season. When we heard you were coming here, we were so excited. It's like a miracle. It's amazing what you do with This Milchik fawning <laughs> over Helly.
1: Man, that finally makes sense.
0: <laughs> Milchik taking pictures. Say gratitude. The board figure. Um, uh, the board figuring out Helly attempted suicide. Kobo getting fired. Her freak out. Mark inviting her to the party. I'm pondering a decent-sized life change. I might quit. Get away from the Mark. And that's that's Kobold telling we, him, get away from the Mark.
1: In, in terms of recaps, this perfectly leads us up to the exact moment that we begin, Meteor yeah,
0: it, it, that Yeah, I thought it was a really good uh, previously on, but what it tells us is like, you know, usually I do the previously on because it's telling us what we should pay attention to. What I got out of this was, Watch all the episodes. <laughs> you need you to know try. what happened. Watch them all the again. Episodes. Nine hours. You get need it to done. Know, yeah. Eight right, hours. Exactly. Uh, we start with Dylan flipping the switch. So we are getting that right. That, that was a concern for me when I was watching week by week is that like we would get to that amazing, awesome cliffhanger at the end of episode eight and that they would somehow jump time or something. Mm-hmm. They did not do that. Thank fuck. Because I would have been really upset. We start with Dylan flipping this switch, and we see Mark, Helly, and Irving, whoop, all come through. It's the same sound. It's the same look. It's the same everything as if they're on the elevator, except they're not on the elevator. They're out in the world.
1: Our understanding of this technology has been forever altered.
0: Mark starts right out with a a, a what, and he sees he's talking to Cobel. How about that shit?
1: I'm glad that he was apparently able to get out of the hug before he woke up, because waking up hugging Cobel, what would his mind have done to try to explain that course of events?
0: I think he does a fantastic job of keeping it together. All three would. of them. But, well, I would say him and Helly do a great job of keeping it together. Irving, that's not he, he. He doesn't have to really. But like both of them, like it would have been really difficult. I mean, think of, put yourself in this position. Just that you just move and you just you're it. just somewhere, and you have to. And you're, first off, you're standing up, right? So yeah. you, then you have to like tell your brain to keep standing up and not like fall down, right? Mm-hmm. And to engage in whatever you're doing to try to like play it cool i think mark mark does especially good job of this Helly Helly's in a position of power where she's at that helps so she can take a little bit of time here and there but mark's having to just do this on the fly
1: i think mark makes a mistake but it's understandable in terms of how things go with respect to that but i think at the oh, overall well. average mark does it better because like you said heli's in a position of power and she's in a position of power in a family that we now know is just weird and everyone expects them to be kind of weird. So if she comes across as a little bit off and distant, I think everyone just kind of runs with that because that seems to be the way that Egans are.
0: Yeah, so Kobold's telling him that he should talk to his sister. My sister, yes. She asks Mark if he's okay. He says he got a little woozy and he's going to stop by the bathroom. She corrects him on which bathroom there is, which way the bathroom is, and he takes off. Clearly, he doesn't want to talk to her about what's going on good call she's not going she's not going to be the person he confides in right like because that was their game plan is that they find a person to confide in and they tell the story of what's happening to the innies this ain't the person so good good move mark
1: at best he's discovering that she's severed that's at best so no obviously he's not going to tell miss cobell from his perspective anything
0: cut to irving who wakes up listening to you win some you lose some it's all the same to me (laughs) the ace of spades the ace of spades is that the only song irving listens to
1: that's his painting song you gotta you gotta have a painting song the one song that gets you jazzed
0: what's your painting song
1: i've never painted so i don't have one i clearly i need to find the song that gives me the painting muse.
0: let me tell you a story uh i was in high school right Uh and I was trying to make it to college. Now I grew up in like a small town where we had like one AP class. and a drive across town to it. We've argued about this on the podcast before about my my humble upbringings. <laughs> it's
1: come up yes. And
0: I was trying to get to college because that was extremely important for me. There's particular college I was trying to go to, which I ended up going to UNC Chapel Hill. You
1: pulled it off good.
0: And the art te- I was pa- I was painting an art art teacher gave me a C on a on an assignment.
1: Damn! What'd you do? Art art. I don't know. That's, that's I painted. Hard to do I with showed art. up to
0: th- I sh- no it wasn't. I showed up to the class, I fucking painted and he said it wasn't a good painting. And I was like, what, "Bro, what you judging me on?" That's what I said. I said, "Bro, you don't know how this works." And I gave him the most condescending, I was a little shit. I was like, "Look, you don't understand." You? I'm I was like, "Look, I'm I'm somebody in this school that like can go to college. You're not going to fuck this up for me with art." And he's like, <laughs> yes, I will if you don't if you don't paint the way I want you to." Blah, 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 blah. I was friends with the assistant principal. And went right to her. She dropped me from his class, moved me on to somebody else. Last time I painted, hell of a way to exit.
1: Clearly, clearly, we need to find songs that energize our motivation to paint in the world.
0: He was fighting mad when he found out that I got out of his class. I sure might imagine, because I just completely.
1: He's giving you a system. C in art based on taste. Yeah, I can picture that guy being fighting mad. You're trying to get away from him.
0: And I had a fantastic argument to the assistant principal. I was like, look. This guy's going to fuck me out of college because of art? Like yeah. look at all the rest of my class and she was like, "Yeah, fuck that." So, anyway, hey, he probably didn't last long. I can't imagine. Mm. Anyway, I don't I don't know what my art song would be. The first thing I thought of was like Nora Jones. I feel like I would tune it down from Ace of Spades a little bit. I'd bring the yeah. bring the volume down some.
1: You would go a kind of Bob Ross painting of where it's more to, it's more meant to be an know, a restful kind of exercise rather than yeah, something you're doing point. speed metal with.
0: Yeah, we certainly wouldn't be Metallica or whatever. Um, so then we get, what do we get next?
1: Uh, we, 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 he's adjusting into that, but in terms of, you know, as you said, Irving has a kind of a quieter experience because he's not around anybody else. It's just kind of him and his dog in the room in terms of how he's adjusting. So I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the contrast between the three of how much more meditative we got to experience Irv as he's exploring the world
0: although like my question is doesn't irv sort of break what the plan was because he does a lot of exploring in that that 100%. apartment he he should have just got 100%. out of there and started talking right
1: oh he does go to the one person he most trusts in the world well thinks that he can which is a weird thing given you're talking to he's, the Audi.
0: he's not thinking i, I don't it, think because that's, that's not Bert, bro
1: uh, th- 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 remember, remember when Irv just kind of immediately ran away from the plan to go check on Bert when they were you know, when they first broke out of Macrodando refinement. That's a
0: good callback. This is yeah. the exact he, he, he same will, thing he's doing. Yeah, he'll say "fuck a plan" when it comes to Bert. That's true. So, cut to Helly and she's talking to Natalie, the board lady, who is asking her how many drinks she's had, Madame. <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> Na- I am an Egan. Na- Na- Natalie, how dare basic, you
1: question me? Have you ever had somebody who's, like assigned to you as a designated minder? That's kind of what Natalie's doing the entire time. Yeah. Had, I've had a few. <laughs> that is what Natalie is doing for this. The Eagans are already weird as all hell anyway. And Natalie in particular, I mean, um, when we find out more about hell, outside Helly, she comes across as a lot younger than I thought she was. She comes across as a lot more immature than I thought she was. Um, so, Audi Helly? Audi Helly, Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with just that. Just even the language um, she uses when we see her doing the advertisements, whatever else. And so, yeah, yeah they basically assign someone so that she doesn't mess this up.
0: Ellie says, I just had the one. She says, okay, we need you nimble. We got to get you down there. You're on in 20. I was on with the board earlier. They're really grateful for this. So mm-hmm. apparently Helly's doing something. Helly meets Gabby. She's intru- and when she meets Gabby, she is introduced as Helena Egan Spencer. Take give, a lap. Give me my victory lap. I, I've I earned this. <laughs> Let's talk about this now. Uh, so wh- what, you what? you made you made a series of predictions on the podcast, one of which, in a shockingly early episode, something like episode two or three, you said Helly was an Egan. And I did I did I did fumbled me to the point I didn't address <laughs> it on the pod. I was I didn't know you, what the, I didn't.
1: I think you literally just Here's paused I, and said, "Well, that's a question." I
0: yeah fe- yeah I, fe- yeah, I might have done that because I felt like any other. I felt like there was no way for me to address that without giving away Good the, call the game Good right? call. But you also made a number of other predictions here. Do you want to talk about some of the other predictions you made?
1: Uh, what what that are documented this episode?
0: Yeah, like so you you called a number of things here. It wasn't just this deal. Uh, remind
1: me, I'm just saying predictions off, off the fly, whatever else. I mean some, some a lot of the ones I'm most vested in aren't confirmed yet. Like you know, the reason that they're down there in terms of experimenting.
0: With uh, her, how about how about that we see her dad, who is also a wax figure? You said that the wax figures would come to life, that we would see those people. <laughs> it wasn't
1: literally proved true. The god, I think the wax figure looked more lifelike but no, 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 than no, the no, dad. That,
0: no, no, not not literally, but you, that that's what you yeah. meant. You meant that like and. Uh, His voice sounds exactly like the board voice. uh, You said that you thought the board voice was an old fucking clinging to life Egan that was from the boardroom. There's a number of things here you got right.
1: Yeah, and the fact that he uses some weird language to just, he's revolving is the language he's going to use here in a minute. And the grandfather, I'm holding out. I've got some right statements about how the board works with respect to that. I I think the main one I'm going to take credit for is Helly. Is, is Heli being an Egan, Helling being an Insider, that that explained to me how she was acting, why she was, why she was a di- such a dyed-in-the-wool zealot. So that one I will fully take credit for.
0: A lot of the other ones I think we've just got more evidence for, but I don't think they're confirmed no, no, yet. No, 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 not letting you out this easy. You also, you also called this one that that we would get a Cobell heel turn back to Lumen. In the final I, I did call that
1: one And I'm glad about you that You said one. that she
0: would She would sell out Too the, fickle She would figure out What they're doing She would sell out the innies To try to get her job Back at Lumen And damned if you didn't Call that one too So if, there's, if she's you're, you're all like Oh I don't know Which one could you might have I, I don't know Spencer The list of fucking <laughs> things You called right <laughs> Hey
1: Sometimes I get things right I'm very proud about this what, But what, what drove me For Kobol was just You called it Was how fickle And quick she was In turning on Lumen. Somebody that's gonna somebody that's gonna be turn against something she's loyal to that fast is gonna turn against a new cause just as fast, and that's exactly what she did here.
0: I think that's a good point. So Helly says that she she basically looks at uh, Gabby says like yeah, you know, likewise, like she's nice to meet you. She looks around. It looks like panic is sort of setting in, but she's trying to control it. The actress, yeah. um, can you look the actress's name up so I don't do the yeah, thing sure, people hate when I just say the person. She, who plays she does the a great block. job this episode. They all really do. Yeah. Let's give her her flowers this episode because it was fantastic.
1: Uh Brit Lower, She, she Brit Yeah, Lower.
0: Brit, yeah, Brit, Brit, yeah. She did not have a lot of lines, but she had a lot of close up on the face and you have to see the inner turmoil. You have to see her trying to hold it together in something that has to be just a mind fuck learning that she or Audi participates in this evil that she I mean is involved. A, Because here's the thing that's so fucking great about the show is that as much as Audi, Heli, Helena believes in severance and is a zealot for the company, as much or more, any Heli fucking hates it and is against it. Like we have got the two sides. We have got fucking Magneto and Professor X here. We've got both sides of the coin. They're going to go at each other in this one person.
1: To, to the degree that I was increasingly worried over certain moments of this episode as Heli R. Well, let's describe it as Heli R. and Helly Egan, so I can you know kind of distinguish these. But to the degree sure. that Heli R. was realizing how integrally she was involved in this, and how much her own actions were furthering the process of severance, I was getting increasingly worried she was going to knife herself. But she was just like, well, the only way I can stop this is, ki- is killing myself and just stopping this here.
0: I th- I'm glad you brought that up. Because I think that was her plan. I think her plan was to kill her. Because she said her ultimate goal was to kill Audi Heli. Yes. But I think the thing that stops her is when she realizes that she has an opportunity to Power. give a speech. And she goes, okay, I, I actually have something I can do here that's more detrimental even than killing her. Is I can maybe stop this severance thing altogether. I, I can kill right? your company. That's, yeah, because she, that's what she says to Cobra, right? She's, I'm going to fucking burn this thing to the ground, right? So uh, when we see the panic setting in with her, we get the intro. Intro still slaps every week. Love the intro. 100 Cut 100%. to Dylan. Um, can, can we just do an Spencer, applause
1: for Dylan for this episode? You for might, the Pillars of Hercules for like the, what, how long? 10 minutes, 15 minutes?
0: Here's what I learned something about Dylan. When Dylan says, I got it, he's got it. He'll do it.
1: I, I couldn't. I don't know, care how much will I have. I couldn't physically maintain that kind of posture. That'd be exhausting.
0: Hurts. It hurts. Like you're, you're. I, I, so I've done like some workouts where you like hold weights, yeah. like for a certain point, like holding your, just holding your arms like that just for, a, Straight up. I, I think it was probably more around 30 or 40 minutes of in world time is incredibly painful. Like his, yeah. his, his body was screaming when he was done with that, but he would, who knows how long he would have done with? Dylan says. He's going to do something. He does something. It's going to be a hard case. it's going to be a hard case to make for anybody else for employee of the week if we're keeping the sphere in lumen. But my the Pory thing I'm going to bring season. up is the thing I'm going to bring up is I want to award for the, this is a little tease for the segment. I want to award a lumen employee, but I also want to employ a, award like a sort of like broader network employee mm. of the week. Okay. Because I feel like there's another there's another character who's not a direct Lumen employee that becomes MVP material in this episode.
1: Curious to say.
0: So he's holding it. He's just standing there doing it. Fucking hero. He says, this better <laughs> be working, assholes. As he looks at his glass figure, he's talking to his glass figure as if they're his. Co- I fucking love this guy. He's the best. Cut to Mark, who is walking around the house and he closes the door. He says, where am I? Where am I? To himself. As he looks around, we get the theme music as he looks in the mirror. We hear Devin ask Mark. Okay, my lady. So they have this little, like, you know, cute sort of back and forth they do, brother sister thing. Typical and for She them, comes yes. in. She says, So Rebecca smells weird. <laughs> so let's go Babies back to the last episode. Oh, Rebecca Mark no, forgot. Sorry, yes. Mark forgot the book that he was supposed to bring for Rickon's reading. And he is now going to share with Rebecca, who Devon is giving him the intel smells weird. Smells weird. She says that- has
1: bad eyes, has bruises on the back of her head from her bird. Rebecca is clearly one of Rickon's friends.
0: She says that where Rebecca was making chewing noises, but she wasn't chewing. Oh, those people. <laughs> yeah. Chompers. Just chomping. Uh, chewing cud, as my dad used to say. I always say people <laughs> chewing cud.
1: Got, got to work that food <laughs> down again. Extra fiber.
0: <laughs> she, she then references the fact Mark will have to read with Rebecca because he's forgotten the book, even though Devin reminded him. So this is I believe this is just like a little throw in detail of Audi Mark being an alcoholic and just. You, you can't – he when somebody drinks as much as that guy drinks, you're just going to forget shit all the time. You're mm-hmm. just going to – it's a constant part of your life, people saying, hey, I told you about, and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he does a lot of that.
1: Which is part of the reason so, I think that Devin doesn't act offended, doesn't act any degree angry. No. She's just like, okay, yeah, you forgot. What else is new? We fixed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she says, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. She, and Mark sees the baby. He says, how's our baby? so <laughs> He's making a bet.
1: He's making a bet right here. It's about – He's putting together information based on what he's seeing and making a a reasonable bet. It's not right, but he tries.
0: Can I make the case for Devin here? Devin, I know this is going to like, this is, a, I am brushing against weird here, but this hang with me. Devin is so warm and like kind and yeah. comfortable with Mark that Mark mistook her for his wife. Now, it's only in like a 20 second like period, right? Like if he, if she acted in such a way that he would mistake her for his wife over a two day period, I I get it. That'd be strange. (laughs) But like, but like in like a 20, 30 second period, she's just so warm and comfortable with him that he like immediately assumes it has to be his wife. Like I actually think that's a testament to their relationship as brother and sister about how close they are. And I don't think that's weird. I think it's just kind of like cool that they're that close. It's
1: it's very cool. And it's just as a character, Devon would probably be the character I'd most want to hang out with, just generally. She just seems awesome.
0: She, she is my number one, too. Now, Dylan is high. Dylan's high. She is my number one as well.
1: Howdy uh, yeah. or um, any? <laughs> we uh, don't really know any at
0: this point yeah. <laughs> honestly both seem cool yeah. she says our i'm gonna assume you mean in the like it takes a village sense so <laughs> which is a, um, <laughs> don't
1: you love people where you make a statement that's kind of awkward and weird and they just roll it into a joke those are the best people
0: i it's a it's a it's i you know I know there's some things I do poorly. I, I think I can do you, that. You do think, that
1: freaking great. I think
0: when people fuck up a line around me, I can kind of like make it okay. Like, and I, I re- real recognize real. I could see that Devin does the same thing. So mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of respect for her. She says um, she wants to have the talk, but she needs to pump first. Mark was clearly guessing his person be his wife. Cut to Irving. He turns the music off, sits down his palette, looks around, and he sees the dog. At this point, I'm cussing Irving out because I'm frustrated <laughs> that he will not what are you doing, dude? Like Wait. Dylan is fucking fucking herculean effort here. Yeah. Go outside and yell. It'll, like what is wrong with her? La- lately, la- la- la.
1: he's got a dog named Radar. You got to pay attention to a, to a nice cute dog named Radar that seems affectionate without you or any regardless. That that's got to merit a minute.
0: He is a good dog. Hey, I'm watching The Sopranos lately. Oh yeah. Great show. And one All of my timer. favorite ongoing there's a, there's so many good ongoing tropes from that show, yeah. but the one I can share that I enjoy almost the most, probably that doesn't spoil anything, is that like Tony will be in the middle of some like really fucking gross obscene shit, and All the time. a dog will come around and he'll just be like, oh hey buddy what's t- up? T- it,
1: it is a <laughs> recurring thing to keep track of that Tony loves animals. That, t- yeah. that, that that is a humanizing aspect of his character, how much he clearly cares about animals.
0: Tony is tying a chain around your ankles, around a dead person's ankles, with a fucking <laughs> cinder block and a dog. Because, Oh, hey, buddy. How yeah. are you? How, how, you're a good dog, aren't you?
1: Back alley, just shot a guy three times in the head, throwing him in a dumpster. Stray cat walks up. Oh, you cute little kitty.
0: So we hear this. What's the thesis? I agree. It's very confused, and that's... That's the start of something they do this entire episode, which is they're constantly cutting between scenes. Mm-hmm. But as they do, they will overlay audio for the scene you're about to see with still some of the visual from the previous scene. So we were yep. still on Irving when we got what's the thesis, I agree it's very confused. And then we cut to Mark and they actually learn that that's two people just chatting in the party and we're overhearing
1: that. Which from just from a pure production standpoint of how this is presented, I love that because it puts us in the same kind of constantly being a step behind confusion that our three main operatives are right now.
0: Two people are standing there and one says, we were just discussing if it was wise for your sister to put off introducing the child. Maybe it would be like he was, he's like pitching this idea. Like it'd be great if your sister would just put off introducing the child until after tonight's event. And right then I knew Rickon's got some sycophants. Rickon's got fans like, and like real fans who were like, I don't want to see that fucking baby. We're reading the gospel here. Like put that baby away.
1: Uh, I only know this because it's in the script that I'm reading, but Patton, which is the name of that guy that's saying that. Of course. Of course it's Patton. Of course that's it is. a great is. name for him. Uh, we already knew he was weird from that no I'd food, say. dinner, whatever else. This episode confirms, A, sycophant to an extreme degree the way you said. B, also much weirder than I even thought.
0: Like, yeah, because when we got him at the dinner party, I was like, okay, well, Rickon, it doesn't he's, shock he's me that Rickon was... Sur- doesn't surprise me that Rick and Wood's surround himself with pretentious people. I didn't know they were like fans though, like this, you, you know.
1: Like I think we had really confirmed this episode that Rick these guys aren't just, you know, Rickon's friends and so they're being polite to his book. His book is actually affecting people's lives.
0: Some weird people, but it's affecting their lives. Yeah, I don't know. Uh I'm going to Dragon Con in uh next week mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And there's some Mangum Talks fans that are going to be there and, and oh, potentially want to, want to like meet up or something. Uh, I hope they all treat me like this. Can you please, 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 <laughs> fans? Can you all treat me like this? Like, be like, oh, like, I put that baby away because okay. Lee is here. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, I, my God. <laughs> I would recommend you
1: practice what you're going to say in advance so you don't come across like a hamburger waiter because nobody wants that.
0: Oh, poor Rick. I feel so bad. I wanted to give him a hug. Rick, um, Rick say so, in
1: advance. Most humanizing episode for Rickon yet.
0: I'm not going to bury the lead. I don't dislike Rickon anymore.
1: I I actually don't. I don't dislike him. I don't. He made it up for it.
0: Yep. He's back. He's back in. He's back to neutral for me. Um, I
1: I now get that they're friends, that they've long been friends. And then, in some ways, maybe his weirdness in his book may actually be his element of trying to cope with the loss of a friend. It makes sense now.
0: He's a regular dude. He's just. How do I say this? He's a regular dude who's just weird. Like, he, yeah. he is he's weird, but he's still... A, within that weirdness, he still is just a guy. Like he's just still a guy. Like, it, trying to write books and stuff and, like, it, whatever. It, it, it Rickon's okay by me.
1: And if anything, I think he's, like, putting on a certain degree of airs because he wants to be the academic, the kind of writer, to have those kind of pretentious, artsy friends, maybe that he never had before because he always was denied that community. So I wonder to what degree he's even playing up that aspect of himself.
0: So when I'm we'll smart, get there. you don't want, you don't want to weigh in on that. Mark says uh, he just turns and goes, "That's my sister with the baby." So he's just like using a stranger to what he accurately sort of picks up on is that that's somebody not close to him that he could ask that question to and they just sort of confirm, "Yeah, that that that's your what, sister," right? What, and he says
1: Which also from the script, another name that fits one of Reagan's friends. Her name is danise D A N I S E.
0: Writers' room was having some fun there. That was good. <laughs> And he, uh, he just says, excuse me, and walks off. We hear, that was awkward in the background. Mark is saying, okay, so my sister has a baby, and Coble is here. So he's saying this to himself. He's just like, keep it score, right? Cut to Rebecca stopping yeah. him. She says, I've been asked to share my book with you. She says she has small eyes, and she has to read close. <laughs> Spencer, is that a thing? Small eyes means bad vision?
1: I, I don't know. I've got little beady eyes, and I've got bad vision. So data point of one, maybe.
0: You do kind of have small eyes. I do. Uh. Maybe that's it. I don't know. We need to check on that. Wait, but wait, that but it doesn't hold because I've seen people with real big eyes with bad vision. So I, I don't think this is it, It's holds. clearly
1: not a perfect correlation here.
0: Yeah. So she says she um she had oh god, here's one. Here's one for you. Spencer. Please get keep ready. going. Go Sit. for it. Get just, whew, might be the toughest line for me to get out. She says she has sores on the back of her head from her bird. Yep. You might see them.
1: Yep. What is that? What is her parakeet just attacking her?
0: Yeah, that's what it is. Her parakeet's pecking her, or uh, parrot, or whatever. It's probably it can't be a parakeet. It's not. It has to be like a parrot, like a like a gray, like a African gray or something.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I, I had a friend. Uh, my girlfriend's parents had a pet parakeet for years, or like a lovebird kind of thing. Uh, that every time it saw me, it would land on me and then pick hairs off my head to bring back to its nest, or. Favorite one, land on my feet and try to pull off my toenails. So, yeah, little Viet Cong trained birds are my main experience to those things.
0: I had a friend in high school who had a, a parrot, a real parrot, the ones that live 60, 70 years. Yeah. And it, it his family was going through some stuff at that period. Like, the parents were splitting up and he was partying a lot. And it wasn't, it wasn't a great household. And the damn bird tore out every one of its feathers that it could get its beak on in protest in in protest basically like in protest of all the fucking shenanigans that was going on in the house and i learned years later that when they settled things down bird let its feathers grow back in so shout out to that bird
1: it was it was doing a feather protest to try to bring you know peace to the community
0: it was doing its part for sure mark keeps walking he goes up to his sister who is drinking and she goes i pumped so it's miller time (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> again Devin would be a cool hang <laughs> I, I got it yeah she's she's fantastic so she says life changing what's happening he says so this is gonna sound weird <laughs> we're, cl- <laughs> we're, we're close you and I she's like yeah and he says we gotta speak privately but the reading is starting and Spencer mm-hmm. you gotta pay attention during the reading 100% and she says they'll talk at the first reflection break. And I think we need to start inserting that in the podcast, right? We got to start doing some reflection breaks for everybody. Hey, everybody, let's do the first one right now. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 please. All right, everybody, I'd like you to pause the podcast and reflect on what you just heard for seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he is a douche, but look, he's still, he's okay by me, okay? He's okay. That's my guy. That's my guy I'm calling
1: I saw some people online trying to say, no, his friends aren't really pretentious. You're just being judgy when you say this. Like, no, 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 no. Let's unpack what the writers are going for here. The writers took a list of everything that they found personally pretentious and rolled them into one friend group. And seven minutes of reflection break? Part of that.
0: Cut to Irving, who sees some, like basically like war medals on the table, it looks like, or at least service medals. Uh, I paused it and I I zoomed in, and the only one that I could really see, like, what it was, I think, I'm I'm 95% sure here, was a Purple Heart. I was pretty sure he had a Purple Heart. But the rest of them, I couldn't tell what they were.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't tell, but I saw somebody online through a picture that said that the ones that are, like, framed next to his bed are Army medals, and the ones on the wall are primarily Navy medals. So that may show a certain even like distinction between who's the navy trunk that he opens later, at versus what was his own military history.
0: Interesting, because I was talking about the 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 medals that were on the table that he yeah, looked yeah, at, because yeah. it because um, that's the where I thought I saw a purple heart. But you're right, there are some on the walls too. Um, so cut I, to Helly. I,
1: I think the ones that are on the table are his, and the ones on the wall are his dad's.
0: <laughs> that would track. Cut to Heli and she's walking with a couple people, and one of them is talking about how having children will change your life. Spencer, you and I both do not have children.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, how often are we told to people, that, though? Respect to the people who have children, but we are told that a lot. We Oh, my God. Here's, to, here's the two things I get reminded of by our podcast critics fairly regularly. Yeah. One is that I don't have children, and two is that I am not a woman.
1: <laughs> hey, can't deny those things.
0: Our critics let us know those two things in <laughs> earnest. I hear this a lot, this this sort of like you'll never understand it unless you do it, unless I you have a kid. Probably true. Know, and I guess. But that's what Helly's getting right now. Right? And she uh, goes, Whoa. How and, many kids do you have? And, the lady turns around and guess what? We've met that's this woman same before. Lady from the birthing cabin. That's right, the and, senator's wife.
1: And I gotta ask you, which now that we meet this woman here. Who did we meet in each, in each location previously? Was it the oh. in, in, any of the Audi? I just want to make sure that I got this right.
0: Oh, the, the Innie is in the birthing cabin, and the Audi is the one she met at the dog park. Just wanted and to make the, sure that, that we're seeing now. Yeah, that we're seeing now. Her Innie is anytime I've got pain, I carrying, just slip
1: it to the Innie. Carrying the load at every opportunity.
0: And this is what I think the large-scale commercial rollout of this IP is going to be. I think that's what... The product, is, the, the product isn't, like, let's get people to, like, turn their brain off when they go to work. That's detested.
1: Minimal little thing. The
0: product is, let's insert it into everyone's brain in mm-hmm. the whole fucking world and give them all a switch, and we keep a master one. And they can turn it on and off when they don't want to feel things.
1: For any inconvenience, for anything that's burdensome, much less anything painful, but the slightest little inklings of unpleasantness of life why deal with those severance a cure to all your ails
0: that's exactly what's going on here she asked the lady how many kids you have the lady turns around and says well i've got three but i should have stopped at two I, I don't know i guess the third one is annoying her or something and her <laughs> husband who we have seen before comes the, up to the, queen our her. state he senator is, he is angelo artita and he is introduced as such, We, but we knew his name from before, from uh, Devin's online research.
1: He
0: mm-hmm. says, it's nice to meet Hallie. Hallie is putting on a fake smile. This is Audi, or any Helly, so Hallie R. Helly's putting on a fake smile. Says, wow, three kids. She says, and then we get this from the, the birthing cabin lady. Couldn't have done it without a little help. I mean, the idea that people would want to outlaw severance. I mean, my gosh. That's that's the tone she's delivering. It was like, I can't believe people would say such a thing.
1: Yeah. Further proving that she is severed in a way we long suspected. Even a line before then of where when she like walks up to Angela, or whatever else he asks, are "You okay?" And get and get. Uh, her, I think her name is Gabby, based on the script. If I remember that correctly, um, she says she couldn't find the bottle. I think she literally switched her chip to check what, about whether you know whether she could find whether or Annie knew where she placed the bottle for the kids. The Annie's just doing these constant nanny duties.
0: Oh, that is that's tough if that's so
1: it could be another, she's literally is a nanny there it's possible but i'm that's my headcanon she, she just talked she checked with her any but where the damn bottle oh was because man she if she's, she's flipping it
0: things. back and forth for child care that would be really wild so another another like dynamic here is that like so she flips to the innie to have the child Husband now doesn't feel the need to be there to support because it's the any who's not having the baby, wife. not his wife. So he was nowhere to be found in that birthing cabin.
1: Nope, that's some that's someone else who's suffering there.
0: Fuck it, doesn't have to be supportive. Who gives a shit?
1: What a fucked up world we're in.
0: Cuts Irving who is searching around his apartment while I scream at my television. Get out of your apartment and <laughs> tell someone, Irving.
1: You're you going to you have to wait another 25 minutes before that happens, man.
0: <sighs> Back to Angelo who tells Helly that the photo display is quote, very moving. And he already knew how he'd be voting, but he thinks, well, seeing that, seeing you and hearing what you say, I mean, all this could really make a difference. So I think the, the, the background implication here is that there's some sort of like legislative Initiative that's right. pending, yeah. Initiative or some pending legislation that he's going to have to weigh in on Wait, as a state senator. Which,
1: I mean, didn't the Whole Mind Collective mention something about there was a law pending that would mandate severance or something along those ways? We, we know there's a law. I thought, it was were,
0: be, hmm? I thought it was going to outlaw severance.
1: There is clearly some law pending on the subject of severance based on what we've seen in the prior episodes.
0: Right, and he is going to be supporting severance whichever way that, that vote is going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in large part because of the remarks that Helly is about to make glowing about the severance procedure and what it's like to, to flip back and forth.
1: You, you want something I would have been real smug if I'd predicted? This utterly beautiful linking of events tying in everything we've been seeing previously on the subject of all of this is just Helly's marketing pitch for Severance. God, I wish I predicted that shit.
0: He says, let's change some minds. She says, well, I'm certainly going to try. And she, I mean, we, 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 can, we can tell she's being fake, but I don't think Angelo Artita can. And he says, oh, and thank your father if you see him. And I got hyped at that moment got super hyped because i was like oh yes back from the hall of faces Uh back from bavos we're gonna get we're gonna get one of these fuckers come to life let's see him let's Uh, see him
1: and and that's one of the ones too of where she's already rocked to find out she's an egan but now she finds out that she's a high-ranking egan
0: oh uh, she's in the bloodline yeah she's in the fucking bloodline she's
1: immediate descendant
0: She's absolutely in line to be the tribal chief at some point. It's a big deal. Cut to Mark, who is walking into the living room. Rebecca, asking him to hold a book. And it's the same book. And Mark freaks out as he should. This (laughs) is a life-changing book for him.
1: He almost can't contain his smile as he's realizing that his freaking prophet is here to read a chapter of the text that he's, at this point, memorized.
0: Yeah, he mutters that to himself. As Rickon is talking, he says, My brother-in-law. And Rickon begins reading. It is... It is that as a child, it is said that as a child, Wolfgang Mozart killed another boy by slamming his head into a piano. Pause. Don't worry.
1: I paused right then because I was like, "That is bullshit," and I'm confirming on Wikipedia right now that that is bullshit. And then I came back and he immediately just immediately <laughs> pulled it back himself.
0: Spencer does have the fastest Wikipedia draw in the land. He is <laughs> he has quick he has a quick draw McGraw on the Wikipedia check. Don't worry, my research has proven the claim untrue. Hey. Question for you. Uh did he only do research for this chapter? Because there's a bunch of bullshit that yeah. he just stuck in there. What is the one about the like root camera? Of the word? Yeah, camera. <laughs> no online did, research for did, that though.
1: Didn't even attempt like five minutes on Merriam Webster, you would have found out more than he offered in that book. So
0: he keeps going on. And Cobalt asked Mark if she can look at the same book too. So now we got three people. Koble, Rebecca, Mark all looking at the same book. Mm-hmm. A hero foretold called you and what indeed heretofore called you and what indeed is you cut to hilly uh Helly, the artitas are saying nice to meet you as they walk away over that scene we hear a rickon how can you mean different things to millions of readers hmm. around a vast earth and perhaps more importantly who are you hmm. so he's in the part of the book that's just complete nonsense yep. uh we look up and
1: He's in the part of the book that is just like, hey, writer's room. Let's be really on the nose of comparing Rickon's book to the experiences our characters are having on the show right now.
0: So, yes, because they're trying to they're getting at who is you. Right. But if you just take his writing in a in a silo, uh, look at that plug for the next show. Yeah, it's just nothing. It's just the same shit over and over again. But he happens to be running over in the car in reverse back it up running back over it again the concept of self mm-hmm. which is what these guys are all struggling with so yeah it does work 100 look up and see an art exhibit heli a severed story and here is G- something, G- I G- G- something i gotta say about this we have covered a fantastic television show called ted lasso over on the lasso lowdown yes Covering a wonderful television show here, Severance on Lumen Industries Radio. We're going to cover another wonderful television show, Silo, in the next podcast. We do all three on Apple Plus. I don't mean to upset my Apple overlords, but doesn't this fucking look like an Apple store? One hundred percent. I feel like the people making the show are fucking with Apple a little bit. It looks like you walked in to a new product launch.
1: Yeah. I, i'm walking in there's the new product on my left there's the genius bar on the right this yes. is an apple store experience the color yeah, the scheme thing, is straight apple
0: only thing i missing is like somebody telling you you're not allowed to just stand in the store have you ever got that an apple store you know you probably don't go in apple stores not, not like, much no no they're too expensive but Man. like if you go in an apple store and try to just stand there
1: not going uh-huh.
0: to you. Nope. There's all you buy something you. or you leave. You buy something or you leave. Oh, that's how, that's the rules. I
1: don't remember was Helly wearing a sweater?
0: Oh, wouldn't it be perfect? Was she wearing Wait, a turtleneck? Uh, I hope so. That would be great, right? So the music hits, <laughs> the music hits hard at this reveal that basically what's been happening is that Helly, who is an Egan, mm-hmm. who is in the bloodline of the Egan, she's like the heir apparent is do is becoming any and going through the process so that she can create this market art exhibit product, and market experience. it and tell about it, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Again,
1: genius from the writer's perspective of God, how much does this explain previously? All of Milchick's weird camera stuff. Hey, let's look at all the pictures right now being displayed on the advertising walls right now. Why is Helly doing this? Dear God, she's got a Newman's map. She has a, a you know, economic reason for being part of this right now.
0: Perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to argue this and I know it's a novel concept. And I'm I'm pointing at a lot of shows we've reviewed. I don't think it's making sense of the previous stuff. I think they knew where they were going and they were writing to it, and so it all fits. Yes, you know they. But but that is a difference, right? Because like a lot of times, lost. They get to a point. (laughs) They go, okay, what can we reveal that will explain what we have done? There, I think they knew. They started with, this is an Egan who is going to this, almost like you, by the way. You were you were about as early with it as the damn writers. <laughs> and then they said, let's write to it. And so every fucking yes. line we're, is perfect for it because they were writing to it the whole time.
1: We're now It's more that we're seeing the pieces of the puzzle come together rather than we're having an explanation put on events that we've seen.
0: Come back to Dylan, who is holding it, man. He's holding it in place with all he's got. My guy. He, man's Dylan. sweating
1: at this point, though. His glasses are slipping down his head. It's getting hard.
0: Yeah, but not, not gonna say. I I would like to know in a vacuum how long he'd have held it. It would have been some obscene number, I'm sure.
1: I mean, it's hard to say because all the events are overlapping. So I don't think we literally though it's like a 43 minute episode. I don't think it's 43 minutes really. That, that let's that, say it's that, a half hour. Pr- a half hour might work. Yeah,
0: I think he had at least double that in it. I think he would at least got an hour i i think he would have collapsed if not half a leg. day or something stupid yeah he it would have been yeah he was he was in on this i so cut to Irvin, who is still poking around at some sort of chest, wasting time i might add uh he pulls out a key and he opens the lock he opens the chest and he sees his navy uniform he sees a picture of himself younger i think from the service
1: is it him or is it his dad Cause the back of the picture I know. says dad so Dad. oh
0: okay well then that's his dad then I, I didn't see the back of the picture Dad. i, I, thing. I think then the back of
1: the picture dad. said dad and that, that was why i was saying earlier, that i think the medals on the wall were a family connection given that there's army medals alongside the bed interesting enough we get his birth date later uh i think i think it says he's he's born in 1978 which does does say we're in the future to a certain degree yeah for if,
0: sure because I, I was about to say like i don't i'm getting my tony soprano you're doing i mean no disrespect no disrespect to the man but that picture could have been him, too. He's pretty it, old.
1: I, it, it definitely could work. But fun, funnily enough, he was born in 1978, and he is in the Army based on the medals in his bedside. Guy served properly in Afghanistan or Iraq. That's the, that's the world we're operating in.
0: So 78, so he would be, if it was modern, it was 2023, he would be 45. Let's say generously he's 65. Mm-hmm. So we're at 2043, let's say.
1: Which I think could work.
0: I think that works. Yeah, I agree. Uh, cut to Rickon's voice. Um, Oh, uh, first off, Irving moves a compartment and there's something else under the chest. We haven't seen what was under the compartment yet. Cut to Rickon's voice. And then eventually Rickon, who is saying, all creatures uh, from the leaping cat to the cowering shrew, think of themselves as a you, a logical center of the universe. But the cat eats the shrew and we, like Schrodinger, live on to wonder what it means.
1: Golf clap. You you you're celebrating the genius of the work.
0: Can you give it one of the Otto Hightower golf claps? Oh
1: yes, indeed, yes indeed, yes, bro, bro, yes. Oh yes,
0: yes, 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 oh yes, 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 yes. So I mean, obviously, that's time for a seven-minute reflection break after dropping that T-bomb on everybody. Mm-hmm. Rick and ask Ralph to prepare the neti pot. So he's struggling, my guy, my guy. Rick is struggling. Yeah. He needs a neti pot. Spencer, have you prepared the neti pot for me today? That is a question.
1: I have not prepared the neti pot for you. I've only prepared a neti pot for myself three times in my life. So I don't have that much neti pot experience. I'll work on it.
0: I feel like I feel like the neti pot is very divisive, which is why they gave it to Rick. and How do you feel about the neti pot?
1: I was I had to be convinced to even try the thing, but I've had some moments. Neti pot was actually a godsend.
0: I lo- I love it. I think it works great. My wife thinks it's waterboarding and it's like cruel and unusual <laughs> punishment. It kind of is, but it's serving a purpose. Uh, Rebecca tells Mark that it's transformative what she just heard and she's gonna to have to change her name again which, what <laughs> what which <convinces> again <laughs> me.
1: all of his friends with the names that are just kind of a little bit off otherwise stand more state english standard names or are a little bit coming across as weird did all of these people just change their names at a certain point was she originally just rebecca and now she's Rebecca?
0: and the other With ones like denise denise, originally denise 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 yeah i guess so but coble remarks which we're all thinking obviously what a wordsmith but she does give a little commentary he seemed to have something in his throat there devin says she's going to try to feed her daughter but in a couple minutes he should meet her so they can talk and look devin my homegirl love her she's top she's elite in the yeah, show yeah, yeah. but i but i think they want you to be frustrated with her in the episode they want you to be like damn it just put the baby down for a second <laughs> dylan can only hold for so long How, yeah ah, but of course she has delight. no way of knowing right and yeah uh so cut to mark talking to rick and rick is bemoaning his voice he thinks he has a he sounds like a hamburger waiter which you know like let's let's like not throw shade to all the people who sell hamburgers like that's not a bad living like Settle down, Rickon. Hey, so,
1: uh, so, so my favorite service I've ever gotten is that the little greasy spoon hamburger joint. H- hamburger waiters of the world unite!
0: I went to Charleston a couple weekends ago, and we were we were going home from our night out, and we ate we ate dinner at like six. So I was going to get second dinner, which I normally do. Yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, what? I'm on vacation, and we get what I want. I went to a Five Guys. I haven't been to a Five Guys in years. Hey. First off, Five Guys is fucking great. Five- second. I, that is the, I got upsold fries there in such a Jedi mind trick way.
1: <laughs> Did you get like the giant ass bag of fries at the end of the day?
0: No, the guy, yeah, well, that's what they give you. But the guy just looked at me, he was like, you ain't getting fries? And I was oh, like.
1: Oh, I've been challenged.
0: Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a dick. That, yeah, give me the fries, please.
1: Yeah, Five Guys, not a sponsor of this episode, but great ass great ass joint. Great burgers, great Man. fries. Gotten really damn expensive, but everything has
0: yeah it's gotten more expensive but it it, it is uh, that is fantastic five guys was really good so mark then tells him that the book is brilliant Rickon just flatly does not believe him and says thanks mark but you don't have to say that i'm well aware of how i come across to you mark implores him he's like look you don't get it i mean it your book it opened up the world for me and he means this and Rickon can tell he means it and that confuses the shit out of Rickon because mark, he's mark, known okay? the guy for like probably 15 years and mark yep. is constantly shit on him and he's Doesn't understand it, and Mark finally says, "Rickon, are we friends?" In like a, please, please be true. And Rickon then tries to level with Mark. He says, "Look, I know sometimes I make you feel less than because you got the procedure, and I regret doing that. (laughs) You had to deal with Jimma passing in a way that was best for you. You know, I was scrolling through old pictures this morning, and I found one of the four of us with the crest uh, at that crest hike. You remember the the funny bees? Mark asked for the picture." And we all get on the edge of our (gasps) fucking seat because. So this is a question for you: As you were watching this, what were you rooting to rooting for to happen the most? Was it Irving get to Bert? Was it Mark figuring out that uh, Miss Casey was was Jimma, or was it Helly telling everybody how bad Severance is and fucking off in Lumon? Like, what what were you rooting for the most?
1: I would say that I was rooting for the most Mark finding out about his wife, about finding out about Miss Casey, about finding out about Gemma. I think that was the one that I was most on the edge of my seat about. I think I was in some ways almost dreading Heli going on stage because I pictured that just being an utter shit show. And I wasn't as quite as invested in, Bert, in, a, in Irving going for Bert.
0: I think if if I could level one criticism at the episode, it would be that I think they were trying to create three different situations where you had... Things you were rooting for to happen as the clock starts to wind down. That was that was the structure of the episode. But I didn't care if Irving got to Bert. Because I knew that that wasn't Bert. And I knew that this was all for naught. And at best, he'd be turned away. Like, that part of it fell really flat for me. But I cared so much about Mark finding out that Miss Casey was Gemma. That it carried the re- carried the part of the the plot that wasn't as strong.
1: Yeah, pretty much. The moment Irving got in a car and started driving around, my level of care for his plotline started to go down. I was more invested in the little quiet contemplate moments of him just roaming around his house, exploring who he was and his background. Or oh, that man, trunk. I was screaming at him. That trunk. We're going to talk about that trunk at some point. What was I'm in that? Plan?
0: At him. Damn it! You heard the sh- you heard the plan, Irving.
1: Get out of your house. Hey, he doesn't need to do a damn thing. His Audi has already been doing work on the side, apparently. <laughs>
0: So Mark asked for the picture. I asked that because this is where we really start to get the heavy tension of oh, yeah. when is any Mark going to figure out that Jimma is Miss Casey? And this is the first part where we think it might happen. It does not happen. Because the damn netty pot. pot is ready and Rickon has to go and he takes what? off and I just type in my notes. Fuck me.
1: And this is the moment uh, you and I talked about it. Now we're like, you know, we're liking Rickon again because. This was a great little scene. This was a nice humanizing moment of him revealing his self-doubts, expressing that he and Mark have been friends for a long time, and he does legitimately care about Mark. And yeah, he's weird, but the the two have two maintained clearly a relationship and been close with each other for a long damn time, with Rick being aware that he's weird and Mark knowing that and still wanting to go out and hang out with him. The fact that he was a friend of Mark and a friend of Jim back in the day, and this isn't like a recent relationship of him and um, Devin hooking up together really improves my view of the character as well as humanizing moments like this. Rickon, I can't say I've misjudged you, but I have a better understanding of you now.
0: It's my experience in life that most of the time people want to see yourself doubt. Yeah. A couple caveats. One is when you are in a position of authority and the people who are looking at you also don't know what they're doing. That's a time to show some confidence. And the second is if you're dating. Don't do a lot of self-doubt when you're dating that because if you, if you walk into, if you walk into a date and you immediately start cutting yourself down to the other person, Mm -hmm. they are going to start asking themselves, why am I with this person? If they don't even like themselves, but almost in every other situation, when you show your hand and show a little self-doubt, people respond really positively to that.
1: Yeah. in dating there's, self-doubt can be a component of vulnerability, but it's at an extreme edge of it. Vulnerability is a great thing to show in dating in a relationship. Self-doubt, particularly the initial exposure,
0: that can Not in the early fast. stages. Not in early when, when you're, after, as the kids would call it, cuffing season, after you've been cuffed, <laughs> for sure. Oh, I have never 100%. heard that one before. Cuffing? Yeah. Yeah, cuffing season. That's when you, like, you, like, you boop, your, your I, mind. I, I so got after it. After you're yeah, locked I, up. After you locked up in a relationship, show the self doubt. That's fine. Work through it. Whatever. You got a partner, but, but in the on, in the marketing phase, not so much. Nah, it's not very attractive. But I don't mean to like sour the overall point, which is that what Rickon does here is show a friend his self doubt, and most of the time, that's a really like relatable like um, thing to do. That, but people end up with a much more positive reaction to you. After you do that. So I think, I think, yeah, I think it's like a uh, very humanizing for him. And it often is for people. So Mark then uh, walks back through the party and uh, Kobol comes up to him and says she was worried about him. Mark says he's fine, but she questions why. When you hugged me earlier, you <laughs> suddenly became tense. What was that? Mark says he didn't know he did. She says, oh, he did. And you're right. tense now. Mark tries to schleff it off, but she asks him if he meant what he said before. Mark looks at her clueless, and she says, about your plans? Go ahead.
1: Question. Just to, just, I'm curious of what your thoughts were, because you've shipped the hell out of these two previously. Um, Wait a second. I, th- these are your favorite ship on the show. I know. I've seen Hold the evidence. It's like you go on and on. Like, guys, he talks about gaslit. this nonstop. Just text constantly. He sent pictures. He's drawn drawings. He's rediscovered painting of the, because of these two. Um, but yeah. uh, with respect to Listening why she's- to
0: Nora Jones. <laughs>
1: Is she doing this level of inquiry because she's suspicious about him? Or is she doing this level of inquiry because she hugged him and she's liked him for a while when she's trying to see whether he's awkward because, you know, of the hook?
0: First of all, you gaslit me. You introduced the idea of these two together, and I simply latched onto it. I'm happy I've improved your think, life
1: by giving that to you.
0: I I don't think this had anything to do with anything romantic. I think she was she I'm with was you.
1: Suspicious. She
0: thought she saw a different Mark when he released the hug. She's and she right. was, and she was going down that hole here. This had nothing to do with their, their thing. I think she was, she was like picking at a thread of like, something's there. Something's wrong. I'm with you. Um, and when she says, tell me, he says, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. About my plans. Yeah, of course. She goes, yeah. Tell me more about those. And he goes, uh, uh sorry, I'm, I'm on Uncle duty. I gotta go. And he says, Thanks, Miss Coble.
1: Ah, I was screaming at the television when that happened. It's like, the game's up.
0: Yeah, it hits her. And she just gives this look. And it's, I don't think there's any way she could talk herself into any other reality. Because there's just no way that Audi Mark knows the name Miss Coble. Nope. So it had to be, it, it could only be one thing, which is that it flipped over. 100%.
1: It's like the only other way to explain it is that Mark is in some way an operative that is maintained, that is, you know, helping spy on the company. And that is much less likely to, hey, we have an overtime contingency and Mark's acting weird. I've connected the dots.
0: And this is where I think the writing is so stellar because they were at a point in the scene where they had to do something to give Kobol, to progress the plot to where they want to go, to give Kobol the idea that it was any Mark. Yeah. This was the, the only thing that I can think of that they could have done that would give her a hundred percent certainty that it was any Mark. Yep. Right? Anything else, it would have been a strong suspicion. But this had to be. Mm-hmm. Cut to Helly looking at pictures of her all throughout this Apple Store themed exhibit, and the exhibit clearly <laughs> is portraying Helly as happy, and she's enjoying. Oh, lie! She's enjoying the severance worker thing, and this is where, man. You know, if you've ever done the thing where you're on, like, social media and you're, like, looking at an ex or looking at maybe, like, a friend that drifted away or somebody who wasn't nice to you. And you're like, man, they look so happy. They have such a good life. Remember this fucking scene and how pictures can lie. Because, good Lord, this is the most miserable person you could possibly put on the television screen. And Milchick is able to snap twenty pictures and make her look like she's having the time of her life. It's like no wonder social media is such bullshit.
1: Man, Mr. Milchick is not going to win employee of the, of the episode, much less employee of the season. Not going to happen. No, not too, too much has mis- gone wrong. Guess. But in terms of like his you know resume of skills that he can draw from, man's a quality photographer. If he may, if he's able to present this kind of story in this way from that kind of material,
0: even though you tried to gaslit me earlier on shipping. I am still shipping one couple, though, because Heliar stops in front of a picture of Mark and looks.
1: She does. And I adlo- and I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> Me too. Cut to Mark, who comes up to Devin, and Mark says, I really need to talk to you. And Devin says, I know, but she's having a meltdown. I'll see you in there. And I'll see you later. Cut to Devin, who asks Miss Selvig to take the child for a moment while she talks to Mark. Kobol asks after Mark, and she looks around and moves on. I say Miss Selvig there because that's how she yeah, knows yeah. her ways. So she actually said. Cut to Devin, who uh, comes in to talk to Mark. We cut, back to Hellie, cut back to who's walking around Cut back to Heli who's walking around her exhibit. And then we get this fucking monologue. And I'm gonna recite it.
1: Go on. It's a it's even a though juicy. it fucking
0: sucks. And I do think that you you make a good point about some of the language illustrating her level of maturity. So she says we'll
1: highlight those when we get there.
0: My name is Helena and I'm an Egan. One of the things you'll learn growing up as an Egan is that the workers are our family. And I remember being confused about that as a kid because I thought that meant I had a few hundred thousand literal brothers and sisters scattered around the world. But as I grew older, I knew it was about shared ideals. My dad used to make me recite the nine core principles before bed every night, which I can't say I always did happily. Sorry, dad. But those are now the values that I share with everyone who works at Lumen. And that's what makes them my family. And I would never, ever ask them to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. Look, my dad would love me to sit here and say that i'm taking this job out of loyalty and it was the spirit of keir egan calling me to service but i took a severed job because i think it's freaking awesome freaking i don't awesome. th- focus on I that word choice <laughs> i don't think severance divides us i think it brings us together and you can only imagine heli R wanting to up chuck yeah just project- everything in her stomach at this bullshit like it's awful
1: projectile exorcist pea soup vomit just all over that display so that no one else has to see that
0: i just hope heli R, because i really don't care about heli egan but heli R, I hope truly does view heli egan as someone different because if she views that as any part of herself the self-hatred and misery would just just spiral for her Uh and then we see this tagline which i'm going to get you a t-shirt of lumen United in severance. <laughs>
1: yeah. But you highlighted the key language that struck me. I, I forget how old the actress is. I can I can look it up right now. But um, I interpret.
0: Oh, we looked it up. She was like uh, late thirties.
1: Yeah, and I think they're mid thirties. I think they're going with the character. She may be late twenties or is just immature to a certain degree because her little oh my gods or freaking awesome Dude. inserted into a corporate pitch speech.
0: Dude, you've. You hang around some fancy people.
1: Yeah.
0: Have you been around you? You I know down there in Florida you've been around some kids who have been rich since birth. True. I know you have.
1: Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's that kind of stilted maturity that happens. They there.
0: they're on a different maturity. Like people who were born real rich, like the rich rich, like they're on a different level. Like I, 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 I buy the, I buy this a hundred percent that she would be childish in this in sort of like weird little ways because mm-hmm. she just never has had to have the accountability of everybody else right nobody nobody in a party is going to roll their eyes at her because she says freaking awesome mm-hmm. in a way that would happen to everyone else when they get a certain age that would teach them to not say freaking awesome anymore sure. I
1: cut the dope. excellent call
0: cut to cobalt driving and uh, she gets Milchick's voicemail greetings. I'm not here right now. It's Milchick's answering machine. She cusses. God damn it, Milchick. So she's raving. <laughs> at this point, I was so fucking disappointed at this point. Because I'm not like you. I did not call that that cope the the cobell he'll turn yeah i did sick? i i thought i thought her concern for mark and love for mark because they teased that at the end of the last episode how she's yeah. like united with mark and him quitting it, lumen and like fucking lumen i thought she'd be with them when she figured out what they did and no 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 wasn't at all with them
1: not not even to this well <laughs> she was with them to the degree of you know her favorite lab rat it, what, it she she still does not view him as human i don't think
0: Cut to Irving, and he's looking through his trunk, and there are things about severance in there, including a severed employee list. Oh it, fuck!
1: It, there, there's a severed employee list, including all birth dates and phone numbers and addresses and shit. There's a map. PII where marked people.
0: How the hell did that PII get out of fucking Lumen? That's a that's should be sensitive information Again, right there. Irving has been doing his work.
1: Audi Irving is actively, you know, investigating this. Perhaps conspiring. We don't know what his intent is, but. This man has put together a treasure trove of information, just sitting in this chest underneath his dad's war mem- 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 dad's or his war memorabilia.
0: Do you think he's a part of the hive mind collective?
1: I don't know. We don't. I didn't see any signs in there that say whether he is or he isn't. But I don't picture his interest in this being like you know pro-severance. I don't think someone would keep track of this information without, in some way, being uncomfortable with it or meaning it ill.
0: We see Dylan on there on the list and we see Bert Goodman and we see an address and we see a roadmap and he's got Bert's address on the map and we see he's already there. He's, he's written Bert Goodman in a Bert, circled the Bert, area Bert, where there's he some is. focus
1: on Bert, which is interesting.
0: So he already knows where Bert lives, right? Cut to Helly, who is walking around this massive exhibit. She goes into the bathroom. She sits at the mirror and tries to get it together. She's breathing super heavy. Someone walks in, we turn, we hear the voice, we see it. It's a wax sculpture come to life. It's fucking Madame Tussauds. Like it's the nightmare you have after you go after you go to Madame Tussauds and you go back to your hotel and you fall asleep and you have a nightmare about it. This is the nightmare that you have.
1: Say it again. I think the wax. I think the wax sculpture was more realistic than the human.
0: (laughs) And he says, Helena. And he sounds, I, to me, I don't know, it's not, this is not canon yet, but we'll find it, he, out. I think he's the board voice. I think he's the, that's what it sounded like to me, he's the voice that said, yeah, on the other line when Kobol was asking if the board was really on the line. It, it,
1: do, doesn't this guy's voice sound tortured? Doesn't it sound like, you know, this is a guy that's barely able to get lung, air moving through his lungs anymore?
0: yeah and you don't know if that's just because he's really older if it's he's animated in the matrix somehow she says he says you look so nice like a film he tells her she looks like a film Mm -hmm. she says thank you he asks her if she's still in pain no not more i wasn't expecting
1: that he would know
0: yeah he takes her hand and clasps it i cried in my bed when they told me what she tried to do to you what that any tried to do. Thank you for going through with it. The grandfather would cherish what you've done, and one day you will sit with me, at my revolving.
1: What is that entire paragraph? What, what, what is the grandfather's? I, my my uh, subtitles were the grandfather in caps, proper noun kind of thing, and as if there is still a figure, the grandfather, though he does not in past would cherish. I don't know if that's past tense or conditional. I'm not quite sure um but then you will sit with me at my revolving what is revolving we have anything we have any even hint to what revolving is before this
0: i've got guesses based on the behavior of other cults (laughs) what i've learned about other cults through history uh but i don't know i yeah i think it's it's maybe some language that we're going to get, f- I hope, get filled in in season two. So a, she says...
1: It's a cyclical term, which is interesting.
0: He asked her, are you feeling well? She says, yeah. He says, I think... I think." She says, I think the, dr- the drink just hit me a little bit. One drink. He says uh he says you'll be all right for the speech she says yeah the speech yeah of course and this is when she figures out she gets to do a speech so now now our gears are turning a little bit Mm -hmm. he asked her if she remembers when he brought home the first chip to show her the prototype it had the blue and green lights back then i love that he like i love that it's like um it's like old colorways for sneakers he's like yeah but remember the (laughs) the original jordan ones you know the the, stripes come on Remember the original ones with the red and the black and the, and the soles were black? The giant Nike those? logo. Yeah, that's what it, the severance chips are like for this guy. Uh, he said, I remember you said to me, I remember you said to me, it's so pretty, Daddy. Everyone in the world should get one. I Here's the thing. Bullshit. Bull, bullshit? Bullshit. That child didn't say that. This is propaganda. A child didn't say that. That's a great story for, and it happens to align with your corporate interest. I don't believe a child would say that.
1: Is this in the category where he's actually convinced her that she said it though? It's just because he yes. repeated it so much?
0: Of course. That's what these you know it, big domine. Anybody who like gets gets to this level, like you know, yeah, the big domineering people, they gaslight everybody, just like you just did me with Cobol and Mark's <laughs> relationship. I'm on the podcast. I'm Proud of that. <laughs> uh, in, ter-
1: in terms of order operations, like you know, time frame we're constructing here is he basically saying that around now they prepared the first chip so that young heli could then see it and comment on it or like maybe even a couple years before now or around. Yeah. This
0: is, this is clearly new for the company, right? Because let's say heli is 30. Yeah. Um, it would have to be about 20 to 22 or three years ago when the prototype was made. It would be
1: around our 2020-ish kind of period based on the time frame that we're painting. So they're saying that, you yep. know, so
0: now, in now, his... right now, Lumen, right now, Lumen is making the chip folks. That's what they're telling you. God Somewhere help us. The world. Yes. That's what I'm it's going for Hill's is that they're it. saying there's a company out there making these chips. Hey, I haven't told you where I am this week because I, I got a different background here. Of course, crap. Listeners can't see that, but you yeah. can see it. I'm, uh I'm at a, uh co- work conference this week. Mm-hmm. Um but we are at a facility um that is like a all like a, it's a it's a resort that you go to and you don't leave type of deal. There's a cafeteria, there's like a little like mm-hmm. place to buy stuff. You don't you're not supposed to leave the campus. The, of the, vac- this the vacation thing. is here. Guess what this used to be so this is a re- a converted facility that used to be a Xerox World Training Headquarters in the 1970s. Really? I bring all this up to say this fucking place looks just like Lynn. <laughs> it looks. I could picture it looks that. Like it was because it was built in like late 70s. Oh yeah, with that like, and it was like rich, which at is the, the art time. style. Straight up for the show. It is. Like I'm walking around here, like God damn it. So anybody who wants to know, like I, I don't mind telling you where. I... Because by the time you hear this, I'll be gone it's the the national conference center in leesburg virginia google mm-hmm. that shit google the images i'm staying in lumen for a couple of days while i do this podcast for you <laughs> which, it's like which, a, which you is coming method out of actor a, which you is coming out of this place i gotta ask now <laughs> that's a great question yeah i might not remember that i agreed to do silo uh, yeah it's <laughs> it's definitely method acting on my part but that's where i am this week it, it really reminds me of it but yeah yeah that's what I'm, I guess that that timeline does line up, that they're making the prototype right now. Eight-year-old Heli is somewhere, and uh, in in 25 years, we're going to have a real moral conundrum on our hands. Mm -hmm. Um, So he says, after this propaganda gaslighting that, that, that you said that everybody in the world should get one, he says, And they will. Because of you, they'll all be Keir's children. So I guess the family even talks in that sort of like strange, These are weird cultish people. way.
1: These are weird people. They're not trying to be normal. They don't need to. They're rich. They're just doubling down on the I'm in a cult mentality.
0: She looks at him with a tight jaw. She forces a smile. I, I, here's the impression I got from that scene is that she did just enough for him not to call it. Yeah. She did, she, she did she, the bare minimum smile for him not to go. There's a problem here. Mm-hmm. So dark music hits, and she takes another breath. She looks up, steely resolve. Forgive me for the harm I have caused this world. None may atone for my action. Ooh.
1: This is a hell of a scene right here. She, she now, She's now feeling a certain degree of guilt that I'm part of this. I'm not only part of this. I'm the one that's going to cause the apocalypse. I'm the one that's going to give Lumen power over the entire world. Me. outie me, but me. She's wrapping that up into... The the what was it? The break room punishment uh, mantra that you'd have to go through every single time.
0: Yes. The the thing that she learned to say to say you're sorry, basically, tone. is the thing that she's repeating now over and over again when she figures out what Audi Helly has been doing. Powerful saying. And then there's a one point in here where she goes, none may atone for my actions but me. And then she looks up, and I feel like the idea starts to take shape of what she's going to do. Yeah, this is And how she I goes, tone. and only in me shall their stain live on. And I can, all I can be is sorry, and that is all I am. Close up on her face, music hits, and then we're back with Irving. He's walking around his apartment. He grabs some keys, a jacket. Question, how does he know to get a jacket? How does he know what the weather is?
1: Again, just it, the, the level of what the knowledge is and what the knowledge isn't, I don't understand it yet. <laughs>
0: I feel like the, the Irving part of this wasn't that strong.
1: I, I wasn't sure Irving knew how to drive. I'm not sure why he would know how to drive. He seems like he's Well, he they tease with that concept.
0: In. Yeah. They tease with that concept because it, it looks like he kind of doesn't know what he's doing when he first it, starts, right?
1: It almost seems like he knows how to drive, just not this car. It's all, it's, it's that level of yeah, muscle, that sounds memory, right. muscle memory in there, but no prior exposure to this particular example of it.
0: And maybe he hasn't driven in a while, right? Like that that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So, he steps outside, he looks around, not sure which car is his, but his key tag mm-hmm. on his keychain helps him piece it together. He finds the car, he gets in it, he puts it in reverse, he pulls out. He's a little jumpy, I would say, when he first starts. Hits the accelerator, takes off, now he's driving around.
1: Would you have brought the dog?
0: No, no, um, I would not. Because I, I, you don't I wouldn't
1: know, let Radar go, I got a dog.
0: No, because you don't know when you're going to flip, and you don't know if you'll get in a car wreck if you flip. Because he, he no. shouldn't be driving, and no, he, he should shouldn't. he know he knows he shouldn't be driving. But getting to Bird is so important uh, that he's willing to risk other people's lives. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of everything this episode. No, no. Then we get and not just the plot. It's like, come on, dude! Like you're going to get behind a car. Like I know. it's it's you're going to fucking kill somebody. You fucking moron!
1: This is an unnecessary risk.
0: Then we talked to Mark talking to his sister and he had totally oh. off camera. Off camera. Oh, I'm so pissed. He told her off camera. Damn it. But it, it's, it, I don't know. Somehow, like usually with those off camera reveals, I feel like they're lazy. They could have very easily done it on camera. I feel like um, they wanted to create that feeling in you and it worked perfectly. I don't know. It, it, the whole thing always left me wanting more from his scenes.
1: They, they want to make these scenes jagged. They don't want to make them perfect puzzle pieces that link together. They don't want to give us complete images because our characters are struggling to play catch up. Our characters are overwhelmed by the moment. Our characters are just seeing colored lights and trying to assign some meaning to them. So it fits into that just level of confusion that's an undercurrent for the whole episode. And I, the scene, this scene here is so good, I don't care. Cause it gives me all I need to and then goes better places with it.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic way of putting it. They want to keep you like sea legs. They want to keep you a little bit unsure of your footing through this through the episode. And it does this, right? So she says, you swear you're not fucking with me? Mm-hmm. He says, Just, this is so insane. And he goes, yeah, they need to send people down to check every inch of that place, like inspectors or whatever. Is that a thing or whatever? Like, So he still is like what? funny. Any Mark is still pretty funny with her, right? And she says, yeah, there are inspectors. Mark has has been, I mean, out here you have been. Really interesting phrasing. Mark has been, I mean, out here you have been trying to figure out what Lumen does, what to do. And I put in parentheses, I'm impressed that she's immediately able to mentally grasp that she's not talking to Mark.
1: She is the only person, the only person that assigns that kind of individuality Everybody else just tries to, you know, a dissonant, other, whatever else. She is meeting this guy right here as an individual in a way that we have not seen commonly assigned to severance previously.
0: Yeah. She's she's explaining, like, the the other guy that I know. And she's able to do this
1: the so fast. Devin, she, man, Devin is the real.
0: She's fucking real high up the MVP rankings. Mark says, okay, Mark says, I just, I just want to know why. I want to know why he put me in there. And he seems hurt. He seems he like he is...
1: He wants to think the he's best of his ups, Audi.
0: Exactly. And he's, he's, he's confused why his Audi would do this. And she explains. She says, you lost your wife. He lost his wife. A little before you started at Lumen, it was a car accident. But at first you tried teaching. I was a teacher. Yeah, a professor of history. You tried to go back to teaching three weeks after she died. And it was a disaster. And I can only imagine what that looked like. And I don't want to see any flashbacks. So she was still in your veins, you know, making everything hurt. Which is why I guess you thought the severed job would He hoped you'd be spared the pain. What a great callback Mm -hmm. to the point that Petey made in episode two, which is you carry the hurt with you. You have it down there too. You just don't know what it is.
1: Yeah. It's such a wonderful way of expressing why Mark did what he did, what the motivations were for all of that, you know, the idea of pain carrying through. Because I don't know if she could have put it better to make any Mark suddenly be on Audi Mark's side. To actually understand with him, to view him in a way more positively, I think, than anybody else does their Audis, because immediately he gets a smile on his face, like, oh, I get that. Mistake, but a well intentioned one that I understand and I appreciate.
0: And I don't think that Devin is misrepresenting the situation. I don't think either. No. Because I don't think that Audi Mark. Mark Audi Mark tries not to think about it, but I do think that Audi Mark believes that. That any life is a reprieve from what he has. He views that he views the Audi experience as the person that's in hell, and he can only imagine that whatever any Mark is doing has to be better than what his life is Which like. Which
1: is delightful because it's the exact switch of what everybody else is using severance for. Everybody else is using yep. severance to get you know to you know isolate off the bad stuff. From his perspective, I'm the bad stuff. I want to give some I, aspect of me some freedom to be other, other than that, and hope that some of that bleeds into my life.
0: He says, it's a nice name, Gemma. She says, yeah, we were all really close. It was great. She was wonderful. She made you wonderful.
1: That's a powerful little line.
0: If anybody ever says that to you about your significant other, like, that's like, it's the best character reference of all time. Yeah. That's like an all-time character 100%. reference. If somebody says, I like her, I like him, they made you great. Mm-hmm ah oh, so good uh any mark just looks at her cut to irving driving around still more dramatic music
1: passing cobalt
0: yep and uh, he seems he passes cobalt and then we cut to Koble, who is driving even more erratically than fucking irving is yeah, and did, she's blowing through red lights and shit
1: have you driven with people before that spend like 90 percent of the time of the road just cursing it's like uh, Co- cobalt's yeah. one of those people she is a cursed driver
0: yeah she's got a lot of repressed anger for sure uh, yeah it probably you know it's usually the people who have repressed anger it comes out yeah. in situations like that uh that or control freaks who are upset every time they get on the road because they can't control their people's behavior and that makes them crazy mm-hmm. milchik finally answers his phone they told me not to talk to you that goddamn otc's have been triggered mark says it's fucking na milchik says that's not possible he says it's dylan they've been plotting this all along so she fucking coble should put it together She at least knew she got to know the innies through all of her weird voyeuristic stuff because she knew immediately they've been plotting it. Dylan is still there. They did all this through the waffle party like she pieced it all together. He says, "Well, Helly's at the galley." She says, "I'll take care of Helly. I'll fix it like I fix everything." So she's back on the lumen yeah, rolls. In I'm in charge now. She seems to think that she's got her job back. Get to the security office to shut it down now. Milchik not in a position to argue. Just a shit and takes off in a run. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this about my guy Milchik. Mm-hmm. Fantastic dancer, and he's the type of dancer who's really good because. Good dancers don't need a lot to be good. Good dancers yeah. can show you they're good dancers with just their shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. He's that type of guy, awkward fucking runner. I'll tell you that yep. he looks terrible, bad form.
1: I, I I gotta say, is a character that has just so perfectly embodied the physicality of their character. I gotta give the actor who plays Milchick just top marks. That run tells me something about the dude.
0: Yeah, it does. It, it, there's a little backstory there, which is that he's like. He's in reasonably good shape, but he is not, he is not a guy that sprints that often. And this particularly, is uncom- particularly not in business he is, dress. <laughs> he's pushed himself to like the brink here in trying to get to Dylan, and that's why it looks a little flailing and awkward. I, I agree. I think it's wonderful physical acting. So we get a little shaky cam. He tries to open the door, and it jams. He yells, Dylan, I know you're in there. Open the door. And he just goes, fuck you, Mr. Milchak.
1: Right Black
0: Panther uh, salute right here. <laughs> fucking, I'm right there with you, Dylan. We love you. Cut to uh, Mark and Devin. Rickon knows a high-end journalist in New York. So now they're talking hey. through, how can we get this information out? Mark, only one sticking to the fucking plan, is actually communicating, we need to get this information out, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of things go awry at the end of this episode. They
1: do. But this there.
0: I'm I'm let down, but this colonel is there, that Devin knows... I just talked to this guy, and this guy, no reason to lie, every reason to tell the truth, is telling me that severance is a problem. I got to get this information out. And she's got a mechanism to do it because Rickon is at least connected enough to publish multiple books. Oh, yeah. You know, like she, I don't think she's lying when she says he knows journalists in New York. That doesn't seem like the type of thing Devin would lie about. So there's that kernel. I'm, I'm excited about that. He says, and you think. This is Mark. And you think that's better than the police? And she says, well, yeah, Lumen has their hands in mini pies. Sorry, do you understand metaphor? (laughs) She's like, he's like, he says, yeah, hands in pies. I get it. These two, she knows she's not talking to her brother, but they still have a little bit of a rapport right away. And of course you would. Of course you would. Because it was, as we discussed, the the severance was a break in his memory at some point in the not too distant past. That's still Mark. It's just Mark with a blank slate yeah, so, mark so of course they get along
1: so mark doesn't know who you are but it's still the dude that's there
0: yeah of course they're getting along she says uh i think we have to be really careful about who we talk to she asks him how much time he has he says eh, i don't know an hour and she connects <laughs> that his bosses will be trying to stop it
1: uh, i i it, let, let's note mark has a lot of respect for dylan's physical conditioning if he's saying he's got another hour right now
0: well mark never saw the multiple places he's supposed to touch right because heli just brought the page back she's only
1: that's fair he was in the room but he probably didn't really put it together where the switches were
0: this is jesus i totally forgot cobalt cobalt why is cobalt here and devon's like what mark's like my boss from loom and cobalt she at this party i mean she's dressed differently purple dress silver hair flowy hair it clicks for devon god and she just goes jesus fucking christ as she takes off because Thing she did before she came to talk to Mark was hand her child to this person. Yeah,
1: I have handed my child to a to a cult member, crazy woman
0: <laughs> who has clearly lied about their identity and now has my kid. Yeah. yeah, more more intense music and cut to Helly as she's following Natalie and oh boy, is that Helly R's music is in my fucking uh, quotes oh. because. She looks like she's coming out to a wrestling ring. She is fucking swaggering and she is. Re- I, if they would have just let. Fuck Natalie's preamble. If they'd have just let her get on stage right then, we would have gotten a tour de force because you could tell. It, she, she's in her anger. <laughs> she's swaggering. She's ready to do this. 100%. Cut to she, Mr. Milch, who's she, trying. She's got
1: her equivalent of the Ace of Spade playing her head right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, she's got she whatever that is for her. It's planned. Cuts a Mr. Milchick who is trying to cut the the holds that are on the door, and he's M-Milchick, having you know he's got a yeah he's doing it.
1: Milchick would be with somebody that brings a knife to work.
0: Like oh, uh, are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. Or, he probably or, had like, he probably or, has like two on him.
1: Or maybe he's carrying a knife now because Dylan bit him. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe and it's it's all coming full circle because he's using it to get to Dylan.
1: Not, not a he sharp yells, knife, Dylan, thank God.
0: Dylan, why are you doing this? You are the refiner of the quarter as if as, as if that yep. would explain. As that, that would be enough to tell Dylan that he shouldn't be doing this, right? Cut back to Devin, who is running through the party yelling for Miss Selvik, saying she has Eleanor, Rick, and stops his reading and takes off. They are walking through looking for Miss Selvik. She goes out, um, says, Oh my god, her car's gone. I hand her the baby. And then she goes into huh.
1: I'm panicking with Devin because I'm like, dear God, did did she actually take the baby in the car?
0: She well, yeah, and she does the thing like the, the 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 sort of like if you if you have like a new mother and you like take the baby for like 12 seconds and they don't know where it is, like the freak out, like it's yeah. like zero to 50, like she does this really well because she does that spike and Rickon has to kind of bring her down and go, hold on, let's look through the house before we just assume. That she took the baby right
1: it, it, it's that fascinating kind of fight or flight of where it looks like a panic but it's in the category of panic of where if she sees you holding the baby and doesn't know where you are she might just rip your throat out with her teeth It's that kind Def- of mommy 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 rage panic
0: if we deposit it here did, did you think she took the child Did you think coble uh, took the child
1: My default was well no 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 no. It, it was almost like just denying reality kind of, you no, know, the baby's got to be there somewhere, right? Right? She wouldn't actually take her in the car, right?
0: It just didn't, have, like, I think they were going for that tension clearly, but it never made logical sense to me why yeah. she would take it. She's more concerned with stopping the any outy thing, which is in. evident because we're, we're getting her point of view. She doesn't care about the kid. It never made any sense to me. With it. So cut to Irving, who is studying the map. And then he stops, he stops at a house.
1: There's the house
0: so then we get this i bet the timber the the timbers were disappointed i can still get you um back in there this is uh, milchick
1: I, telling you, dylan this yeah this is
0: milchick talking yeah talking about the timbers the the tempers that were dancing or whatever in the house with dylan and the waffle party were disappointed i can still get you back in there i can get you more perks dylan hey there's stuff you don't even know about there's paintball what huh that's kind of cool you,
1: you why, why have they been burying the lead on the best perks throughout the entire damn season
0: there's coffee cozies dylan come on just say the word i'll get you a coffee cozy literally right now come on literally. man dylan with maybe the line of the episode says i want to remember my fucking kid being born
1: that's a powerful damn line and it gets just so just it gets so mercenary when milchik then tries to use that try to get it to get a dylan it's like
0: he does because he's he's clearly been trained to Try to figure out their work motivation the and then work it. Yeah. And so he goes, well, you have two others. I can tell you about them. Just open the door. And who knows if he even has two others? This might just be something Milchick's making up.
1: No right? way of knowing for sure.
0: Dylan, come on, Dylan. He's, he's trying to control Dylan into stopping. I, I thought there was a 0.0% chance that he Dylan flips. I didn't uh, think there was any chance of that happening. I, I
1: thought the only possible risk that Dylan would let go of the switches is if he's going to kill Milchick. That was the only way in my mind that he would let go of those switches. If he was just like, "Okay, I've held long enough. Let me use my last strength to beat this guy's head in."
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's maybe on the table. I mean, like I felt like the morning after, for him, it was the second after he woke up outside and saw the kid and came back. I think he was changed forever. Like yep. I don't, I don't think there's any going back for Dylan. Yep. Uh, cut to coble who is rushing to lumen the theme music is playing in the background i always like to point out when they play the theme music because it's usually like where something is really heating up she sees welcome friends of lumen on the sign as she walks in so she's at the gala which is at the lumen facility which looks exactly like the building i'm sitting in right now just so you know
1: (laughs) hey the gala is happening later maybe you've got have you gotten your ticket yet
0: there is uh, yeah there's definitely some happy hours going on did did, did anyone Um,
1: tell you about the speech you're delivering
0: uh yeah i'll, t- I'll deliver <laughs> a speech all right for sure i'll be i'll be heli when i walk out there <laughs> everybody go to bed cut to heli who is walk uh, w- uh walking up to the speech natalie says uh i'll tee you up just stick to the talking points use the line about how you see your innie as your sister
1: Oh, oh i'm revolted that they're even faking that
0: can we come up with two characters in a television sh- television show that we share, we know both know about, who hate each other as much as any Helly and Audi Helly.
1: Nope, 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 because it's personal. It's it could not be more personal the level of hate that's apparent here. Well, I would say Helly R hates Helly Egan more than Helly Egan hates Helly R. I don't think hell. I think the fact that Helly Egan doesn't view Helly R as a person undermines the degree to which she can hate her. Uh,
0: maybe, but there's still the the level of. Disrespect is so high. I still like say it's, yeah. th- these two are mortal enemies. Uh, I can't think of a of a comparison on any any yeah. show or any yeah. any media we've consumed. Off the these two are as far apart as you possibly can. So this line Sisters. is just fucking hilarious. Uh, smile fades from Helly as Natalie leaves and she starts to really think about what she's going to do. Irvin is watching bert who is talking to someone and bert has a partner and it seems why is they're he close. surprised and tears start to form in his eyes so cut to mark and the friend who uh walks into a room and the guy yells i found her devon i found your child i'm the one who found her these are the the, the this, Rick and is sick pat- of fans.
1: this is adding into this the obsequiousness that you were talking
0: I'm about. i'm the one who found her. yeah he's just i'm Rick special
1: pay attention to me sensei
0: just, lackey cut to dylan who is holding and milchick is continuing to cut the cord cut to natalie doing the intro improvement morale a happier workplace as with any transformative technology there have been setbacks bumps in the road but i'm here tonight to tell you that we are on the verge of a revolution a kind and empathetic involute revolution that puts the human being in cut to krobel who grabs heli looks at her and says is it you she says what are you talking about Kobel susses it out yeah, for five seconds she's able to figure it out she goes this is you and Helly then drops the act and says i'm going to kill your company
1: <laughs> i'm cheering
0: i don't know what's gonna happen says, but i want to see it Coble says, your company who the hell do you think you are no you're fr- this is the and cobalt like here's the this thing is rough. it you know like yoda might have been fired but Yoda's still yoda right like yeah. Kobol knows how to pull these tricks that, they, what like where milchik is a jedi knight and he's like trying to suss out like what's the motivation yeah. for dylan etc Kobol cuts right to the heart of it and it hits her at a place that she doesn't even know Kobol knows yeah because she goes your friends are going to suffer mark will suffer
1: and just hell, continues with that, you'll be long gone, but we will keep them alive in pain. It's like, yeah, we can't hurt you. You're, 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 you're an Egan. But the, everyone you, you, are care about, we have them forever.
0: And then you're on. And she's pulled to the stage. She gives a tortured look back at Miss Cobble. I mean, just, she could rip her throat out with her teeth at this oh, point, yeah. I'm sure, by saying that thing of, I'll fucking I will make Mark hurt for this if you do it. And we see Irvin Denmark and we hear because they're doing a lot of switching now. And we hear Heli uh, introduction to the stage. Mark then picks up a photo and looks at it. And there it is. He picks up the photo. There it is. That's And just to answer my own question from a few segments back. I cared more about Mark finding out that his wife was fucking Miss Casey than anything else. Than Helly at the gala by factors, yeah. and I cared about Helly at the gala. It's not yeah. that I didn't care about that, but I—I yeah. I was the whole show for me at this point was almost will he figure I, out that his wife is still alive.
1: I, I, I was telling you at the end of the last episode, I'm more invested in Miss Casey getting the hell out of that, getting out of that hell hole that she's presently in than almost anything else in the show. So Mark finding that out nothing else in this episode compared to that and i was still invested in everything else
0: heli is introduced she says thank you natalie and her father's in the back watching mark looks and sees Gemma. sees that it's miss casey connects the dots knows it we see Irvin. he's walking up to the door we see that milchick is just about completely sawed through the cord and we hear this my name is heli r i'm an inny and everything you've been told about severance everything you've been told about severance is a lie so She makes the decision that it's more important that she do what she can to destroy the system of severance than protect Mark and her people, right? Like Mm -hmm. because that's what that's what Cobel Cobel was giving her that sort of like Occam's Razor type deal, right, or or whatever, like a a knife's edge. Let's Mm -hmm. say knife's edge. Like you can do you do this, or it's gonna it's gonna flip, right? Like we are going to if you do this, we're going to make them hurt, and and she's clearly was affected by that the look she shot cobalt and she does take a beat but she decides to move forward with it anyway and i gotta say i think she did the right thing because like i'm not sure that her going up there and giving a full-throated endorsement of severance was going to save mark anyway nope like mark was probably always fucked mark's any mark any mark so she she needed to never go back so she needed to do what she had to do sure oh Assuming they go back,
1: oh, Mark's going fucking back now. Yes. Are you
0: fucking crazy? All of them are going back. Maybe we'll see. All of them. <laughs> All, I promise you. Oh man. Uh, so then we, uh, she said. Everything we told you about Severus Sly. We see Mark. He's running to Devin Devin and he is like fucking locked in. Now we hear the audience react to her. They don't know what to do, and she goes, "No, no, no. Listen, we're not happy. We're miserable." They torture us down there. We're prisoners. So, this is another colonel where she does get cut off before she can finish yeah, what she's doing. Natalie she straight
1: tackles her on stage.
0: But she got this out. She did. And I wonder what the fallout from that is going to be.
1: The level of fallout concerns Natalie tackles her on stage. That's the level of fallout concerns from this.
0: We see Irvin knocking on the door, yelling, Bert, Bert, Milchick turns to Dylan and knocks him over. I got the impression that Bert just wasn't answering his door for this crazy guy.
1: I wouldn't. Who's this random dude, I don't know, banging on my door in the middle of the
0: night? Crying and yelling my name. Um, yeah. Uh, so we see Milchick turns to Dylan, knocks him over. Helly is tackled on stage by Natalie. Same moment. Mark looks at Devin and yells she's alive and then it all flips back over because dylan is tackled by milchick and it all flips back now i got a couple questions for you about the final seconds of this thing please i think the clear worry i'll speak on behalf of all the fandom here yes as i as i've been given authority vested authority to do
1: as you often are union
0: the worry that we all have is that Devin is going to think that she's alive means your baby's alive, that the child's alive. We found the child. My question for you, though, Spencer Sleuth, that you are a man who predicts everything in the show. We, let's call him the Severance Whisperer. Did he have the picture of think, Gemma in his hand?
1: I think he does. I don't know for sure. I couldn't tell. I, I think he does. We didn't see him put him down. We did not see him drop it or put it down. No,
0: but, we, but when the, the shot of but the shot of him yelling at Devin i his hands aren't visible yeah, so i don't know how yeah, do
1: the camera frame
0: because that would tell the story right if 100%. he has the hand if he has if he's, yelling, if he's yelling she's alive and he's got the picture of gemma in his hand and he flips back over i think i i have faith in devin i think devin will piece that together yeah, now
1: Devin's, if he 1
0: if the picture's not in his hands Harder. i think everybody i think everybody's just going to sweep that under the rug as he was thinking it's the child
1: We'll see. I think everyone's still got, everyone in the room that isn't Devin is going to default to that anyway. But whether Devin, as you say, a lot is going to hang on whether that picture is in his hands. It's still a weird okay. thing from Devin's perspective for any mark to yell out. Maybe she'll unpack that over the season if, even if he isn't holding the picture. She doesn't realize that right away. But if he's got the picture, that's a whole new ballgame. What a season, man. There you, what an there you go, sir.
0: Recap over. That's the recap done. All recaps, all scenes from season one have been recapped and done. My work here is done. I'm going to kick back, sit back. Spencer, give me some lines of the episode. I want to pick one.
1: I got some some options here, man. There's a few. Um, Early one. Gabby, this is Helena Egan. First is like the shock moments of the characters that, that that have that drop.
0: That's a big one.
1: Uh, Mark's, you already read it, but how's our baby line? It was just an amusing moment between characters, just to see, as you said, how much they're already interacting as if they're siblings, even though, from Mark's perspective, he only realized that a moment ago. Um... The, the line that you, we talked about of where it's Gabby, the senator's wife, is that her name again? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the back and forth of she couldn't find the bottle and the wow three kids, but you know, couldn't have done it without a little help. I mean, the idea that some people would want to outlaw severance, just for proving our theories we already had about what Gabby's using severance for. Uh, you recited it, so, uh, but all of Rickon's speech about the consent of the power of the author, uh, going through yeah, The Cat Eats the Shrew, it's almost Mad Libs in terms of like Rickon's writing style on the page, but it is perfect for the characters in the given moment, and it's could not be resonating more with Mark right now. Any Mark, anyway. Uh, funny line just from Rebecca, but it was transformative. I'm going to have to change my name again. Man, man, Rickon's got some weird friends.
0: Tough hang, that Rebecca.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, the whole hamburger waiter thing and the water associated with that about you know Rick and mending, Jesus why do I even open my buffoon mouth that was very humanizing for the character as was everything that followed there too about you know uh, I'm well aware of how you, how, I come, how I come across to you uh, that apologizing for making Mark feel less than talking about their hike again and the friendship in terms of efficiency that was a very effective paragraph of lines to get me completely turned around on a character so kudos to that. Uh, scream moment for me of the episode, but okay, thanks, Miss Koble. Ah, I was freaking out when Mark when Mark made that mistake. Not even necessarily miss he, he doesn't even know that's a mistake necessarily. He doesn't know that his well, name. Well,
0: this is tough because it's like I've thought about this. I don't think it's a mistake. I do think there was an opportunity for Mark to think through and realize. Ah, there's a chance she might go by a different name. I probably shouldn't use names here. Like there's, there's the space for him to unlock that in a re like it's reasonable to suspect that he could unlock that if he thought about it long enough. But Mm -hmm. he was, everything was going really quick. And he was also trying to just get away from her because she was pressing him about what about this thing you were just talking about? So final ruling not a mistake but missed opportunity
1: missed opportunity or unnecessary risk even if it wasn't a mistake
0: i like that too that's uh
1: next three for me are all speeches by egan's Uh, yeah okay uh the whole recording from from heli uh egan on the apple display monitor talking about severance and what it means to her and you know all, all the things associated with that it's a horrifying little speech delivered by Hella Egan, but it's a very effective, both helping us learn more about the character, but also confirming to us in a way that we did not previously understand, but now the pieces are coming together, what the whole overarching plot for her of the season has been for this marketing push. Uh, From her dad, that little just entirety of him about, you know, crying in his bed when you hearing about what the N.E. did to her and then going through the grandfather and the ship and the whole, you'll be there at my revolving, all that, and then ending with, they will, because of you, they'll all be Kier's children. That is a weird-ass dude, and he's selling the weird to swell in a very concentrated series of lines. And then, most powerful one for me of all three, though, is a helly R there, just reciting again the break room chant. Forgive me for the harm I've caused this world. None may atone for my actions. Pause, but me and only in me shall their stain live on all i can be a story, uh, and that is all that i am man was that just made so powerful by having that repeated again from so many times we've heard it before but now in a way that is empowering for the character
0: spencer when you when you make a mistake at work do you repeat something similar to yourself over and over again
1: not those exact <laughs> words but please stop calling me the fuck out
0: this is fun. this is funny because he's a perfectionist
1: God, that bleeds in in some way. I'm thinking about that now. You son of a bitch. Uh,
0: you know what? It would it be great? Is like the next time you make a mistake at work, you should you should remember I said this and then jokingly say those words to yourself. It'll break too whatever real. You're too dealing. real. It'll break whatever you're dealing with. Uh, <laughs> You you already recited it,
1: but Devin's entire summary to Mark about his wife and about that loss—that is just a great series of lines and a great series of moments associated with all that great stuff. Right
0: I'm gonna there. tell you this: I, I've I've staked my claim. Rickon's okay by me. Good deal.
1: Uh, just as the like, sheer moment of the episode, "Fuck you, Mister Milchick!" yelled by Dylan, got a rank high right there. Uh, oh yeah. Back and forth between the two, where they're talking about. I mean avoid these try Milchick's trying to seduce Dylan again. Dylan's firing back, I wanna remember my fucking kid being born. Jesus, that's a powerful line. Milchick then trying to subvert that and bring that in. It's a great tension tension of interchange between the two. Uh again just a funny line from how weird uh Rickon's friends are but Devin, I got her. Devin, she's here. I found her I found your child. I'm the one who found her also, like physically forcing his way past Mark to get the baby too great um heli's heli's exchange with Koble with heli focusing on i'm gonna kill your company straight up cheer worthy and then like you said the just series of closing lines of the episode heli on stage talking about them being prisoners we're not happy we're miserable they torture us bert hammer uh, irving hammering on the on the door yelling bert and mark all-timer yelling out just as a closing line of the episode leaving us in a delightful ambiguous cliffhanger of a moment and this is a cliffhanger sold right cliffhangers occasionally piss me off but this one's well done but that, all that scene ending with Mark yelling she's alive what a great way to wrap up this this episode and great way to wrap up this season as I said sometimes cliffhangers don't land with me just because they seem just more marketing than well earned but this is a hell of a moment in part because just so much occurred in this episode so maybe an overly large collection of lines for you, man, but there was a lot going on.
0: I don't think there's a clear answer this week. I don't think there's one line that like you, everyone would agree. Like I bet, I bet if you did, like you crowdsource this, it would be like 25% think this 20% think this yeah. like, it's, it, 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 there's not, not a clear a line. plurality me, rather than the majority. I'll, so when that happens, I always default to what impacted me the most. So, I'm not stating that this is like the best written line of dialogue and I'm not stating it's what's going to be the most important for you. I'm saying the thing that hit me hit me the most is this exchange. It's a nice name. Gemma. She was wonderful. She made you wonderful.
1: Great. Powerful. That's right.
0: That's what I'm picking because it's I, I even like the beginning of that because I enjoy the fact that any Mark is getting along so well with Devin. I I just like that because like, I talked a little bit before about how, you know, the sort of like love at first sight people are taking a big L in this thing because Mark doesn't fall in love right away with Jimmo. when he sees her again. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, he's got a thing going on with somebody else. Like, but as soon as he meets Devin, they click, right? Like, I like that. I like that. Like they were always going to be buddies. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of cool. And then, of course, it goes on to that, that sort of the, the best thing you can say about someone's partner. She made you wonderful. So shout out to that line. OK, let's get to what I've been wanting to talk about. Employee of the episode.
1: I mean, I think the, I think the surface choices, and I'm curious as to what you've been teasing at, but surface choice among our main group. Dylan is, again, the implementer. He's the one that makes plans happen. He is the one that makes all of this possible through just sheer perseverance and endurance. So I think he actually has absolutely has to deserve credit for that. Among our our spy trio, our operatives, I think, as you said, Mark is the winner, just in terms of actually making his actually going towards their goal and making
0: it work. So this is a relatively straightforward segment. We play on the idea of being in a corporation for employee of the week. We pick one employee. Boom. I, of course, I'm going to make it much more convoluted and complicated. You sure? Yeah, I would like to instead say. Within the, the Lumen employees, who is the employee of the week and who is the worst employee of the week? And then of everybody we see, who is the character of the week and the worst character of the week? And so I will start to show you what I'm thinking here. Go on. With the Lumen sphere, the people just working in Lumen, I think the employee of the week is clearly Dylan. Sure. Clearly, uh,
1: for, for um, the reasons stated previously,
0: <laughs> we we have got our our fans are cool. They do a lot of proactive stuff, and like one of the things they've been doing is like proactively feeding me votes on who they think is best line of the or uh, employee of the episode. And a lot of Dylan votes this week, as you might imagine. Not surprising. The worst in, the worst Lumen employee of the week is Natalie because of this reason. They are going to have to try to play off what Helly said later. Tackling They're going to have hard. to. The tackling they cannot. They, C- they cut cannot the mic. Ta- exactly. Do anything other than show panic, because she her tackling to Helly, that no matter what they say now, the people in the audience are going to know. It's real. Nope. That was real because she never would have tackled the heir to the Egan throne like that if she didn't think it wasn't. Helly Egan.
1: Nope. There's no chance at plausible deniability anymore.
0: She couldn't have thought it was Helly Egan because she never would put hands on somebody. Never put hands on an Egan like that. So, worst decision of any Lumen employee of the episode goes to Natalie. She takes the big L. When I expand the group, I just i the only reason I'm doing this is because I just want to be able to say Devin to something. Yeah, fair. Because <laughs> I like her so fucking much, and I love I love the point that you made, and I I, I was. Thinking about it, but I, I didn't put it as well as you did, so I'd like you to repeat it. But, like, you said the thing about how she immediately figures out the agency, like, that there's two different people. You mm-hmm. said the thing, but she, something like that. She
1: treats him as an individual. She treats him on his own terms. She treats him as a person that's standing in front of her rather than a concept in a way that everybody else has previously treated severance. That they've infantilized it. They've treated it as always something other or different. She is the first person we've seen with respect to severance that is just talking to another person in front of her and recognizing that and giving some meaning to his own identity in a way that pretty much everybody else has been trying to fight away and reject before.
0: I, perfectly well said. And, it, and its I can't imagine that's an easy mental exercise, and I'm not sure I'd have been able to do it as fast as she did. So mm-hmm. shout out to Devon, And she just is generally awesome all the time otherwise. And then I'm going to throw it over to Bert's way because... What did Bert do? Open the fucking door, dude. Oh God. The God knows your name.
1: Crazy person who's banging name. on
0: your door. He knows your name. There's something there. At least ask what's up, because the, Irving never got the opportunity to spill it, spill his guts the way that like Helly and Mark were able to do. If, but Bert would have just opened the door, maybe the, you know not not that I think that, that somebody who was participating in severance as an employee would be necessarily receptive to this type of criticism, but at least Irving could have gotten it out. So mm-hmm. there you go. There's my four choices. Do you, do you want to participate in that, or are you, you good with just choosing Dylan?
1: Honest? I, I, mean, I, 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 I picked Dylan among the prior criteria. I like Devin as being the overall winner of the damn show so far. I, I'm with you. It's like
0: okay, show. I can take that. She, gets, she wins season one. Uh,
1: in terms of loser, I, f- I don't want to pick Bert as the overall loser. <laughs> Even of the, of the episode, you can argue that certainly not the season. Who would you say is the loser of the season? I might say Milchick, just in terms Milchick. of just gen- general messing up of his job in key ways that resonate farther.
0: Yeah, because like it's like it's like quarterbacks, right? Koble has thrown six touchdowns and three interceptions, but like three turnovers, so therefore she's fired. Yeah. Milchik has just thrown nine incompletions like he's just fucking been like mediocre bad the whole time I, fucking things up
1: I, I, the, the man can run though he's got you, 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 he's got he's got mike vick kind of mobility there, right right there on the field he's
0: all elbows and knees that guy <laughs> uh okay all right so then i think we get to questions we got questions
1: uh do you want to start do you have a question yeah i'll start off with irving's investigations Audi Irving has clearly been doing a lot of legwork to find out about Severance, to find out about Lumen, to find out more about what that's going on, and I want to connect that in some way to the paintings he's been making, to his knowledge of that elevator, to his knowledge of what was it, um, what was the name of that wing that that the, the, that they sent Miss Casey to?
0: Oh yeah, the um, like like de- God, what was like decommission or something? I don't, I, don't I, I got it I got it right here. It is the send her to the testing floor
1: testing floor there 's no reason that Audi Irving should know about that there 's no reason that any Irving should know about that from what we 've seen and it raises so many questions that I think could potentially tie into the reasons why Irving is such an investigator if he has some degree of bleed over knowledge about this um it's curious to think about why that's the case and how that just, you know, has either the causative factor for why he's doing investigations or product of his doing investigations.
0: Okay. So the question I've got is what happens now? Now, of course, yeah, I got that. Literally, that's
1: what happens from here is how I wrote that.
0: <laughs> so I'd like to there's a lot. There's a lot on that, but not a lot of meat on that bone. So I'd like to specifically hone in on. When we see the any versions of these people again, and my guess is, knowing Lumen, we will see the any versions of all of them the very next day.
1: It's baffling, but I'm with you. It's like that—that would be the stupidest damn thing they could do in the world, but to put all these people in a room together, and they'll do it just out of sheer yeah, stubbornness because they, and pride.
0: They've got to prove that this works this works and that whatever happened they can di- they can separate they can disconnect that uh, that this experiment has to work if they don't let any of them ever come back and they just throw like you know they, the white flag on this then they're they're admitting that this can't work that the innies and the auties talk to each other etc they it, it's it's imperative for their business model that the Indy and Audi are completely separate and never never can connect mm-hmm the fact that it, it, it the, what Cobles has been suggesting all season destroys their business model, because how can you sell something? Because the whole point is they want to say, Spencer, when you go through kidney surgery and they got to take a kidney out, like we're going to flip it to your any and you'll never feel it. That's the whole selling point. But if, the, if it gets out that like, well, I don't know, sometimes they feel it because sometimes the any talks to the Audi and vice versa, but, but, but it falls apart. So they, they got to get it. I, I think that'll be the very lumen move. And I think that'll be a, A slight swerve from what most people expect. I expect season one, episode one, to open with all of them whoop in the elevator the next morning.
1: Good God, that would be—I would be there for that in a heartbeat. It's like the
0: first second of the episode will be that. Is my guess.
1: Uh, Follow up of that. Um, if you had to bet, what character they'd be most likely to exile or to not? Bring back to the severed floor. Who do you think Lumen would be most likely to remove? Mark. Do you think Mark?
0: Yes, because Kobal heard him or, yell. Or to
1: reassign elsewhere, mind wipe, whatever.
0: Kobal heard him yell. She's alive. Kobal did Oh no, you're right. Kobal wasn't there. So, th- so th- that was all predicated on the idea that Mark knowing that Miss Casey was his wife is the thing that will break the system. It, it like he can't, he can't know that.
1: Yeah.
0: So I was thinking Mark, but now, yeah, you're right. I, that was a, a mindful. So I'm going to say Helly then.
1: The, yeah. That this has been a, a danger to the, to the Egan family in a way they can't repeat.
0: The, whatever happened with Dylan, they will act like it was, they'll just send Dylan home like normal. Like it won't even be like it. I don't think Dylan's Audi Will have any clue That anything happened
1: How are they going to get Dylan in the elevator At this point I don't I, in, a, in a fight between Milchick and Dylan I'm not necessarily Betting Milchick
0: That's true And they don't have Any other security Their security guy Died during the season yeah. and they haven't Seemed to backfill That position Okay let me ask My, my final question Here the episode Sure um, Yeah So What will Devin do Like My, but so I talked about the nugget of hope that I have that Mark, any Mark was telling her, we have to get the information out. Was she adequately convinced to make this her thing? Because we, we, we've seen enough of Dylan's character to know, or Devin's character to know that when she gets something in her crawl, she doesn't really let it go. Like with the birthing cabin lady, like she just was like kind of obsessing about it and like researching about it did any mark adequately convince her that this is something she needs to take on
1: i think so yes and i think at a minimum she's going to repeat to mark what the what she was told and that's going to make it so that audi mark is going to also make it his cause and they'll make it together i just don't see- i think
0: they'll give us a couple episodes attention there where audi mark argues with her and pushes back but he'll eventually cave and say you know what i gotta i gotta there's no reason to lie here, right? I could see a little bit of tension early on with that.
1: Well, I, I think Audi Mark's going to resist wanting to go back. I think he's going to look at that and say, well, no, obviously I can't go back. I didn't want to go back in the first place. And now with all this, no, obviously I'm not going back. And then in some way it's going to then come up and be revealed between the two of them that it's his wife down there. And that's going to propel him to go back into the program, whatever else, to try to do something about that.
0: Ah, so you're thinking that we start with Marcus Quitt. Because they did focus on that a lot of him saying I got a life change et cetera, mm-hmm. but the revelation between him and Devin, Devin as they work together, of your wife is down there, we'll get him back in the program.
1: Hundred percent. That's my bet.
0: Sounds pretty good. Let's get you in the writer's room. <laughs> are you a scab? Are you gonna are you gonna cross the line?
1: No, no, no. Loyal to the cause. Union, union, union forever. Um, what, uh, what, another one for me that kind of works off some things we said before, but. Do you think that mind wipes are a thing involving severance chips? Do we, do we think that you can in some way delete an any's memory and create a new any, Or c- further compartmentalize that there are even several separate innies inside a person?
0: That's a question.
1: It's a question I don't have an answer to, but it could be a way... Of I have no problem.
0: fucking idea, because... I have not been able to wrap my head around how the severance thing could work, anyway. Like, yeah. I've been, I've been every single episode. I think I've mentioned this idea, idea of like, when does you, the you've memory struggled split? With this. <laughs> so I don't know, man. This thing has been kind of rattling around in my head. I can't really figure out how this would work because of how much background knowledge that any has. Like, if it was boom, newborn, I would get it. That'd be a lot easier for me to understand than what I'm seeing. Because mm-hmm. instead what I'm seeing is they've somehow wiped pertinent memories, but like all the generic stuff stayed? Like I don't know.
1: Well, here's a theory I'm on offer. Mm. What, Irving, we know has been part of the Severed program for a long time. What if we at think least
0: more than, at least more than two years?
1: What if he was part of the Severed program before and the revolt actually was real? What if he was one the, of the original members? Maybe even, like, they've emphasized the fact he's a veteran. Maybe they fucking marketed those chips as part of, like, you know, the, the Veterans Administration kind of thing. And he was actually part of this program to a certain degree before. There was a revolt. He was sent down to the, to the testing floor or whatever else. And that's why he has a memory of it. But they got rid of that memory and they recreated a new Innie Irving that we now see that it's the loyal follower, whereas previously he was the, you know, leader of a revolt whatever else and that could explain some of the bleed through of things you shouldn't be able to see the resistance from the audi all those things kind of bleeding through done through them being able to even just further compartment lies forever to eliminate the things they don't want
0: it would be on the nose for the character whose backstory proves that there was a revolt to be the character who questions the revolt while they're in the any state that would be a very severance show thing to do that would be something that sounds right yeah it sounds like you're on the writing staff because you've you predicted half the damn season as you went (laughs) along and now this this all sounds right to me yeah it sounds pretty good Spencer
1: I I, I think we'll leave it there then with you celebrating me these are the theories I'm offering and I'm excited to find out the answers as time goes on whenever yeah the only return to this show
0: the only one that I feel relatively confident about is that they're they're all going back to work. At
1: some point, that, they're yeah, all going to be yeah. the team's going to be back together.
0: Um, I also think that we will eventually. This is not a early season one thing to deal with. This is something they've laid the groundwork. We will deal with this later. This is a this is a winter crop. We will deal with this shit later. Is Mark will be. Audi Mark will be seeking out his wife and any Mark will have fallen in love with Heli.
1: I'm waiting for that tension. I'm straight there with you. It's such a thing is going to occur.
0: Because they did the kiss, but then they had her stopping at his picture they're, they're, like they're very intentional on in this show, like her stopping and looking at the Mark picture shows like that wasn't just a, like, hey, well, we'll we'll knock boots when you get back. They really like each other and like they're going to have to reconcile that in some way.
1: I I had a friend I was talking with the other day and uh, she said that polyamory solves all problems. I feel like it could work here. Fix fix the issues and conflict.
0: Man, wouldn't that be cheap? If it was just, he just he just like, he was just They
1: they make a throuple. It all works.
0: Yeah, if if Mark's like, hey, there's some empty townhomes. Like, just just, y'all you stay in one, you stay in one I'll just, you know, every other night type of deal. Yeah, it's great. Uh yeah, Lumen in Utah, wonderful. Uh, okay, what else do we want to talk about with Severance before we wrap up? I,
1: I'm, I'm, I want a uh, last bet that we're going to make. If you had to guess right now, when will we get Severance season two? Whew,
0: yeah, that's tough, man. I, because uh, you're better you know, at this
1: than I am. I'm, mean, I'm always wrong on the
0: subject of when shows will come back. Well, I'm right when I'm just gauging production because. Yeah. I if, I I don't like distrust everything I hear, so <laughs> yes, I actually true. like yes. I like use the information Evidence. that's been given to me. Yeah, uh, but like the, the problem is now is that we are having to bet when the writers and actors strike will end, and I have absolutely no idea of that no, concept right. of it, um, zero idea. But like if it ended tomorrow, I feel relatively confident we would get it by the spring early summer because they were already shooting i i
1: don't don't think the strike's going to end for a minimum of three to five months well then
0: in that case then we'll probably get it in the year 2025.
1: rough road man rough road
0: yeah whatever we'll be back winning the fuck ever looking Uh, forward to we're the i mean we're the podcast network that at the end of game of thrones hung on until the start of house of the dragon doing, doing periodic <laughs> pods true. along the way. We will, we will fucking wait. We will lie and wait for season two of severance. I'm excited about it. Spencer. This has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for reviewing season one of severance with me. Thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate all of your reviews, your comments, your engagement on social media, Spencer. I will say this. And as soon as I say it, somebody's going to fuck this up, but this is the highest rated podcast we've ever done. Our really? fans have rated this higher than any other podcast we've ever done. They seem to like this one better. Now, say that, somebody's going to give it a zero star and fuck the knock system, on the but weird, so far...
1: Knock on the weird 1970s fake wood that's surrounding you right now.
0: Yeah, on this fucking Xerox table from the 70s. Uh, yeah, they like they seem to like it, so I, and I've enjoyed doing it. It has been an awful lot of fun. I hope we can keep it going, keep the momentum going as we roll into our next show, which will be Silo, which is an Apple Plus TV series. It premiered, and span the full season the full season's already aired it aired earlier this year probably about three or four months ago is when it was really rolling uh check it out on apple plus check out the first episode and we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks for silo episode one which we will post right here on this podcast feed thanks everybody for listening and we will see you then.